Don't you know about the bird? Hey, everybody knows that the bird is a word. Bird, 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 bird's a word. Can we just open with this? With George just, just jamming it out? Bird is the word. Can I just hit record? I think it is recording. It is recording. Welcome, everybody, to Bobby Talks. Dot, dot, dot. Those dots are there to tell you that there's always more to the story. Today, I'm sitting with, well, an old friend and a new friend. I got Matthew Porter and Nate Adams from The Only Critic sitting here with me today on episode 22 of the new season, third episode of the new season. And we're here to talk the movies. Always talking yeah, to Oscars. Movies. We're gonna talk. We're gonna have some fun today. We're gonna actually talk about some actors. I wanted to kind of play a game with you if we can. We're gonna break down Steven Spielberg's best pictures uh, and a lot, lot more as always. Um, and touch base on all those things. But how you guys doing? How you doing, man? Welcome to the show. Not too bad. I'm excited to be here. Nate's told me a lot of great things, and I've been watching. I've been seeing things. It's really exciting. <laughs> I appreciate you coming on Bobby Talks. Dot dot dot. Hey, by the way, a little business, real quick. Follow, like, subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. Do whatever you have to do. Nate, welcome back. You are. Are a record holder so far. You're, this is your third time on the show, man. Yeah, I'm sorry. I gotta, I gotta carry your show sometimes. <laughs> oh my goodness! Look at this guy. I gotta, you know, you call and I just, I can't say no. Dude, star. Nate's feeling himself right now. He is. He's, he's, he's confident. He's been looking at his great, logo over great, here. Great logo. He's got the graphic. He's like talking all about how clean and crisp that website looks. <laughs> I mean, look at the back. I mean, I just. Let's talk. Happy about to be here. So let's talk real quick about your only critic. Let's do a little plugging here. Onlycritic.com. Uh, yes. You know these gentlemen. They Matthew. Both Matthew also contributes. He's oh, he hey. do, he's done some stuff too, and he's he's he he's a good writer. He's well, a good writer. Thank you. What I like about these two guys is that and you have to check them out. They are talking about building up their next season of Picks and Pans podcast. Yes, and that's when I started hearing your voice. Didn't know who you were at the time, and uh, what I love about it is there really is a soothing. Like um, just calmness to the way you speak, but it's very educated and knowledgeable on the topics. It balances me out. And Thank it you. does. You guys have a really good yin and yang. He has a lot of energy. I'm. I. I, I receive the, that. He's from the. Him. He's the Siskel to my Ebert. That's what we try to be. I mean, I don't know about that, but I think I'm well, more of an I Ebert. I, but I think I'm a little more generous on movies than you are. Roger was really generous. You're kind of harsh sometimes. Roger was generous. Like I, uh, he would give like movies like Garfield three stars out of four. But that's because he's kind of looking at the totality of like not the totality but just he like just, the, where it fits in movie well it's just space. like I look at it it's like you know I like things like underwater and I like a careful I like things that are like obscure <laughs> Matthew, so you like that bad Ma- things that Matthew hates <laughs> you like terrible so, movies so yeah I love you Nate no I think that we I think we balance each other out Definitely. It's good. It's good. And then there's that lightning strikes when we're both and we'll get we'll get into this a little later, but we were both we were both pretty much in sync with where we wanted the Oscars to go this year, which Surprising. is yeah. very rare. And I want to get into that space if we can. Uh, uh, we'll, yes. we'll do that in a little bit. But let's uh, I want to start off with a fun little game. All it's right. something I was thinking about today when I was uh, driving on my way to work, and I was I was thinking, you know, I've got the show tonight. What can we kind of do with the spice up the topics a little bit? Because uh, you and I, we come on, we talk movies, and for us, it's very passionate. We love it. I know the same is for you. Um, but I kind of thought it would kind of be funny. So there's this idea. Uh, the game is what? It's uh, Mary... Uh, it's marry. who do you want to marry? Who do you want to kill? Who do you want to have sex with? Right. Yeah. 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 So, but so I thought Sensor. the idea with uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought the idea with our actor route would be I want to kind of come up with uh, main actor, supporting actor, 
and somebody that's only going to be able to be in two scenes, three scenes that might cameo. steal the show, right? The cameo that might steal the, the Hannibal show. Lecter who has 17 minutes of screen time yes. and ends up winning an Oscar. Ends yes. up winning an Oscar. That's a very good uh, reference right there. So the idea is like, let's play casting, right? Yeah. Um, I'm going to give you three names. Somebody has to be the movie that you build it around. The okay. other person is a supporting actor, and you have to make an argument as to why you chose that person versus being the movie or the one that you build the movie around. And then the third one is that that cameo performance. Okay. Okay. And these are all going to be. This is obviously going to be big names to start this because it's the first edition of this. Okay. Okay. We're going to go Tom Hanks. Ooh. <laughs> Nate's favorite. <laughs> we're going to go Denzel Washington. Oh man. And we're going to go Meryl Streep. And oh I'm going to let God. Nate start off with how you would order things. <laughs> who's the main character that you're building the movie around? Who's going to be your supporting actor? And who's the cameo and why? I know your answer already. You know my, I, maybe you don't know my A answer. thousand percent. And then we'll kind of debate how these things go. Go ahead. So, so I guess the question is like, who's arguably the still like kind of like at the umph and that like right now, or is this, are we talking 1990 We're talking bucks? Right like now. Right 2021, now? who you're, they've got all their clout, all their, you know, they're, they're all A-listers, but right now who's still, who, who can bring a dollar in? I'm going to give it to Denzel. Okay. I think Denzel's the lead. Yeah. I know. I th- throwing you for a loop. I think, I think Denzel, He's more, um, I don't know. He's just kind of, he's got, he can, he's an everyman. I mean, so is Tom Hanks. Tom, these are all everyman at woman, Mill Mill Street too, <laughs> that you're giving me. So it, that's like a, that's a wealth of riches. And I the think. The movie should do well, right? That movie would, it, it should kill. It yeah. should be like, yeah, blockbuster hit. And I've never seen Denzel. I don't, he's acted opposite against Tom Hanks before because of they were in Philadelphia. Philadelphia right. Yep. yep. So I think just to keep it interesting, I would cast Meryl Streep opposite Denzel just to kind of see what that dynamic would be. Yeah. And then Tom Hanks is like the Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep. Now they were in post together. They were they were in the post together by Steven Spielberg. Yes. Yep. Uh, and then I think Hanks gets the the one guy in uh, we we in a few good men where that's like we we know the, the, you know the general <laughs> yeah. who comes in he's like I know he ordered the code red. <laughs> That's the Tom Hanks. Tom okay. Hanks is that. Okay, fair enough. Fair I don't enough. know what the... F- I, I, I wouldn't mind it be a, a remake of A Few Good Men, honestly, you know? Think about that. Oh, wow. You I know? can see something. That's a good Maybe idea. Maybe Tom Hanks is Jack Nicholson and Denzel. You can't handle the truth. Yeah. Hollywood, yeah. are you listening? I mean, come on. <laughs> don't. Yeah. I mean, Few Good Men is about as... I, mean, I love Sorkin. He came right. up empty-handed on the Oscars. He did. He did. But he's won before, But though, you knew that so. was going to happen, so... I hope... I had... I was anxious to see maybe it wouldn't, but it did, so... Matthew, give me your order how you would be, and then we'll debate oh, this man. a little bit at the end. This is tricky. I think we would be similar in one sense. I would keep. I would only switch. I'd be. It would be Meryl as the central character because I can't. I don't know. I can't get enough of Meryl Streep. She's she's fantastic, and I, whenever I haven't even in things that she knows I feel like is are going to be bad. She's like one of those actors who comes and she's like, ah, no, I'm going to commit the entire time. Right. Like if this is bad, I'm sinking with this ship. Yep. Which is like, which you to gotta me, love. There's yes. Yeah. Such respect for that. It's like, what was that one rocker movie she did where she was like, a? I can't, you know oh what I'm talking about? Oh my gosh, yes. And it was like hysterical. I saw the, it looked like drag she was in. I don't even remember. I what know you're what talking. you're talking about. She was like, she, yeah, it was like her Freaky Friday type Ricky look. Ricky Lane? Yes. Ricky Lane uh, and the something or other. 
Brothers. Yeah. It was her music movie. It was like her rocker I movie. I sort of remember this. I saw yeah. the Mercy yes. in the posters. And that's yes. all you need to do is sort of remember it. <laughs> <laughs> no, because she knew. And it's like, but she went there and she Ricky she went down with it into the woods. Like not to say that I don't love, I love the musical. I didn't yeah. think the movie was all that great, but she commits. She yes. goes for it. So she would be the, the central character for me. And then I think Denzel should be a love interest. I think that would be really interesting. Meryl Streep and Denzel Washington. Yes. I think it would be a beautiful, I think they would have such chemistry. Denzel is so charming too. And he can, oh. he can, he can flaunt with anybody. He's yeah. He, he has chemistry with a stick. <laughs> like he, and then, and then I think, I think it, yeah. And you're thinking Tom Hanks. And then Tom Hanks again too. Yeah. He can pop in and he because can Because he really never does those roles moment. anymore. He doesn't do those. He doesn't no. do bad guys either. I'd love to see yeah. Tom Hanks be like an Well, did you, see, did you see the circle with the Emma circle, Watson? That was, uh, he was a villain. He was in a that. villain in that, which was recent, but it wasn't very, it wasn't very mad. I think there's something. had a crazy cast Emma Watson, John Boyega, Tom Hanks was this, he played like a Steve Jobs tech giant yeah. who was like trying to control the world with technology. I think he's a lot like, and this is, I, th- I should say the other way around, but Bill Paxton's Bob, last role too. Bob Odenkirk. Oh, his last role. Bill Paxton, yeah. I, I compare, I think Bob Odenkirk is similar in the sense that Love. like when he, like he did all this comedy right with Mr. Show and he's he was known as a comedian. Yeah. He's known as a comedian and then he starts doing serious roles and you're like, this works. I think that he, like it's not that Tom Hanks has done a bunch of comedies, but he's done all these like, I'm the good Dramatic, man. You forget yeah. that he can do comedy. Or yeah, he's yeah. a comedy and also he's a good man. Liam so it's Neeson like, did it like, too, man. Liam Neeson wasn't always this action star. He's just had this late career taken, just really took off and his, he just went he, into that niche. Yeah, like his but career Schindler's really List. something after like, what, 55? Yeah. Is when it really became a star. And we forget, and people forget, it's like, you, do you forget this guy was in Schindler's List and like he does something like Ordinary Love, which came out uh, two years ago, which was a cancer drama about his yeah. life going through and it's like such a somber, intimate drama. People are like, why is he doing this? It's like, do you realize like he used to do stuff that was but, more like raw and dramatic? So what are you saying, Matt? Then you're thinking that it'd be something if Tom would go back to his roots a little bit? No, I want him to started? be. I kind of want him to be like a bit of a psycho or something. Oh, I want to see oh, Tom like Hanks take a turn. Robin Williams kind of took that yeah, turn. Yeah, I want to see him take a big turn because so far Robin he's Williams. just done like real roles or he's like a really nice guy that we love. He's Mister Rogers, right? You're you, okay, and that was a supporting role. Like he did take a that movie was misleading, but they still built the film around him because they knew he was. The well, role. yeah, you have to. Too. But you, you have see to. the film and it's well, like, oh, it's, it's really like a, a movie about a father son. Yes. Yeah. Mending their so great movie. Yeah. Uh, there, there's an interesting moment in that movie. Um, we don't have to talk about it right now. We'll a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. To me, it was the it was the moment that kind of was like, okay, I this movie does have another layer to it, and it's that moment when he was talking about. Uh, he asked him, "Don't you ever get tired? Yeah. of being so perfect." And uh, you can see Tom Hanks in his eyes just in that five ten seconds of way he's communicating. His yeah. reluctancy to answer it honestly, and then he gives the politically correct answer. But like, there's the whole nonverbal of everything that he's feeling. Right? Yeah. He's, Tom Hanks always knows the assignment, but he's always given the same assignment. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, he's playing, and it's, it's like drama this, and it's high uh, stakes. Yes. Did you that, see? Did you see News of the World? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. I love News of the World. Yes. Love News. But we're not actually we're not actually saying that Tom Hanks plays the same character. No, not the same exact character. I feel because that I he, would argue Denzel's more of a typecast than Tom Hanks. Is. He performs. Denzel's I, Denzel in everything Denzel does. Tom yeah. Hanks is different layers, different characters. He didn't get a lot of like great. I feel like Denzel didn't get a lot of great opportunities to be. And well, he talks about like the period that he feels a lot of like black actors go through, you know, of like getting offered only gangster roles or getting offered sure. only all these things. And he's and also so, the only African American actor that I know that has two Oscars. Exactly. So, so it's like, Fair enough. so yeah. it's like eventually, but no, I think, I think Tom Hanks, it's not that he plays the same role. It's just that it's always like the same. We always are rooting for him. He's always a protagonist in yeah. some way. Yeah. 
I, I, I would and actually. I think he knows that. He knows it too. He knows. It's I want to see him be the antagonist. It's the same reason check why. Check out the circle. Check it out. I will. It's, I the movie's just it. flat. Yes. It, it didn't have as much. But depth he was as trying. Oh yeah. And he's always trying. And point. I think it's the same thing. It's a Jim Carrey element to it oh. because, like, oh, now we're going somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> well, because people like you, Jim Carrey is Jim Carrey, and then you're like, why the hell is he gonna be the villain in Sonic? And I'll tell you why. It's because he because knows he can. No, it's not that he doesn't can. It's because he wants to reintroduce himself to the next generation because yep. he wants to. Stay relevant. He knows yep. his brand. Same with Tom Hanks. He knows he needs to be the leading hero, and he wants to do that. Denzel Washington didn't. So Inside Man. Well, since we're on the Denzel, yeah, the sure. Spike Lee film yeah. from two thousand five, which great film. Have you seen it? I, I yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, That's got uh, Clive uh, Owen, Jodie Foster, that was like Willem Dafoe, Christopher yeah. Plummer, Spike Lee. Crazy man. We got to talk about the Five Bloods and the Oscars too. Um, oh, yeah. And so they gave Denzel the script, Spike Lee did, and they said, um, they gave him the option, him or Clive Owens, like, do you want to play the bank robber or do you want to play the the detective? And Denzel didn't want to play the bank robber because most of the film, he's, his, his face is covered. Right. Denzel yeah. knows that he wants his face to be yeah. out there because he wants people to see him. And so if you watch that movie, they actually added clips because Clive Owens said the same thing. He's like, this bank robber, he has his face covered the whole but time. Clive Owens was so good in that but role. But if you notice, there's that beginning tracking shot where he's like, I'm going to tell you the who, the how. That's because they added that because they were like, there's not Interesting. They yeah. did. Okay. Because, so these, they have a little, they know their image. You got to think know about their teams for. though too. I mean, I think about their managers, their publicists, their right. agents who right. are all like right. trying to rebrand them constantly. Correct. Yeah. So, but, but isn't Tom that the, kind of the, the, the part where it's like as a director or where you're sitting there like, come on, dude. Yeah. Come on. I, especially if you're like a Sorkin or like, you know, some of these, you're trying to make art, like, like you, you're trying to make art, but you're also trying to make a collaboration. So you're trying to make all parties happy, but yeah. at the same time, it could be at the sacrificing of your artistic. Well, the, um, vision. um, the Safety brothers really had to push Adam Sandler's leg to get him to be an uncut gems. Yes. I heard and, that. And it wasn't, yeah. they approached him at a, a, a premiere of a film and like, we wanted to do this. And he was like, no. Yeah. And his, wasn't he terrified of it though? Yeah. And his, his agent was like, we're not doing this but yeah. then he watched good time the film that they did and he texted him he's like no no i want to do this and it's like but like he had the best reviews of his career i yeah. hope i hope he gets another shot but he, he was spaceman is coming out and the cast oh. carrie mulligan's gonna be in it paul dano's gonna be in it oh, i don't know what this is yet paul i don't know dano. if it's a comedy I, I don't know if it's another broad adam sandler comedy or if it's i don't you know. know this one of my favorite movies of all time if it used to be when people ask me what was my favorite movie is ruby sparks which is zoe kazan wrote and that's paul yeah. dano is her husband paul dano yeah Interesting. Yeah, I okay. I did not. And they end up saying their conversation. We get him another day, but you wonder why, like Carrie Mulligan, Paul Dano, like all these big names. It's because even though his movies are always bad, people love to work with him because his sets are always so fun. It's just light. I don't know if his movies are always bad though. No, no, no. They're they're always appealing. Generally, I think I think the last decade of comedies he's made. I'm a Hubie Halloween stand. Hubie Halloween. That was great. (laughs) That was great. That the whole premise was great. We had like a good Halloween comedy in a long time. No, and I thought that that's good. That's going to be in there every week. Every year I'll watch it. I have to watch sure. it this coming year because I couldn't get I couldn't get in the movie. It has that Ernest fall Holly. vibe. It's got a, it's yeah, got, it's got a whole it. thing for it. Yeah, sorry. Uh, let me give you mine real quick because we, we, yes. we spent a little longer on this I thought, but that's great. That's fine. Um, so I disagree with you guys. Oh, I'm going Meryl Streep in my cameo. Oh, uh, and I think she just she's got that type of like powerful and she pull. does she's and she's done those before she she'll can, show up in she little can, women she'll show up in she can eat it up in know, the scene the scene up she can ham it i mean she can do whatever it's lies number. she does a lot of small that stuff. i'm definitely doing meal. i'm definitely doing a drama yeah of course, of course. you definitely are doing a drama right could you imagine doing a comedy <laughs> <laughs> but hey that might work it might be right? interesting. It'd be a remake of see no evil hear no evil with <laughs> gene kelly and richard Pryor. <laughs> 
that would, that would be, be great. Yeah. I think when it comes down to Hanks in Washington, it's more of who do you Man, put more? I can just see that on the poster. Hanks. Oh, so good. Washington. Like, that's the they just need their right? last name, and that's it. That's the poster. Yeah. See, that's what I see, right? That's the headline. Because as much as I love Meryl Streep, She's an actor's actor, right? All of three course. of them really are. But when it comes to like big market, uh, you know, just the casual viewer, if you were to say, who do you know? At least Meryl Streep is the last person they know out of that three. Probably. For uh, sure. Depending on, I mean, I guess depending yeah. on now, it depends yeah. on, I feel like it used to be that way, but now entertainment has exploded the way that we see things. And she's been, you could argue that for a while she was more like consistent than Tom Hanks for a while but even there. When they, so name a movie. Name a movie of hers where she, it's just been marketed around just Meryl Streep. Devil Wears Prada? That's yeah. the only one I can think of. Um, Doubt was... The, no, 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 no. That was a co Well, yeah, that was still Seymour Hoffman, which we're talking about Oscars. Viola Davis, eight minutes of screen time nominated for an Oscar. That was the exact yeah. person I was thinking of yeah. when I came up with this game. Yeah. Was her, that eight best minutes. scene, right? Viola's eight incredible. minutes. Incredible. Oscar nomination. I think Meryl Streep could do that. I think yeah. she, and I, all of them could, right? But like the whole idea is I want Hanks, I want Washington. But I hear what I you're saying. Well, Ricky, the Ricky Lane movie, that Ricky and the Jets, is that what Whatever it was, it was, it was yeah. insane. This is going to bug me. But you're right. <laughs> those are the kind of films that were marketed on her. Um, We've got a computer here. Yeah. Look. No, but I, I feel what you're saying. I think that Meryl is like she she's just a chameleon. She can do whatever she needs to do and become whoever she needs to. Ricky and the Flash. Ricky and there the Flash. Is. I knew it was Ricky something or another. Yeah. <laughs> she's a chameleon there. You know, so I think I'm going definitely going with her in my cameo. Um my preference of the three is Tom Hanks. I just I think he does He's likable. He's likable, but I think he's just he's done more as far as range of character, That's right? That's fair. Um but I still think now in 2021, I think Denzel Washington is the more marketable name yeah. until Tom Hanks says Hey guys, I can do this. And then you see right? the little things and it's like, oh, it's just Denzel playing the police detective he's played in right. seven other movies. Right. It's and like Jared Leto got the flashier role. He did. And I actually think Jared Leto is the only thing you're going to remember about that. Whole I agree. Movie. Like, and the thing is and people were kind of baffled. Like when he started getting some awards momentum, he got like the SAG nomination, the Golden Globe and like Jared Leto. And it reminded me, it's like, you know, um, it's not a bad performance. It's like he's doing something, and you're right. It's memorable. Um, Twenty. Freddie got fingered. Freddie got fingered. Just watch oh that gosh. again. Um, that movie is vile. Would you and like some sausage, what, Denny? I Denny, would you like some sausage? <laughs> is that from that movie? Yes, that movie was vile. And Roger Ebert actually said something about it. He was reviewing another. They he hated it, panned it. But then two years later, he was reviewing another Tom Green film, and he's like, you know, I still remember this movie. There's something to that. Yeah. That's, and something so, like mid, that's like Midsummer. It's not the same for me. Like not to say that it's bad, but like, I don't know if Midsummer is good. I just know that it's stuck with me because of how like the scene in a ghost story. Was. We talked about that with the pie. Yeah. It's like five minutes of Rooney Mara just wolfing down a pie. We talked about Midsummer last summer. We did. Yeah. In Midsummer is open. Two summers scene. ago. Two summers ago. My gosh. I right. know. Last summer we skipped. So right. I get your, yeah. uh, two or that opening five minutes. It's, it's a short film. It's a like short the whole film. Opening. It's phenomenal. It's I mean, unreal. It, it hits you. So like to the me. The score and it's just like the, the wording. Just yeah. everything was we fine. We watched detail. short films, by the way, for the Oscars this time. I don't know if Nate told you our whole plan for no. the Oscars. So everyone in our like immediate friend group has been vaccinated and it's been two weeks. So okay. we were like, we can get together. We got in a pool. We got our, we, what do they call a bubble? We got in our bubble. We got in our little bubble, <laughs> little pod. But we went over to Nate's and we like we said, we're going to watch, at least T and I especially, we're like, let's try to watch as much of it, uh, everything else that we don't see as often 
like right now. Because so everything was so readily available. The live action shorts, and we watched oh, the awesome. animated shorts. You actually went down the road of all the things. We watched that the shorts, and like, I and I was telling him about this. It's like, man, why didn't we never watch the shorts before? So because worth it. they were Could so great, and it it's like it'll, especially it'll right now. It'll, yeah, it'll always be now every year. It'll be part of our Oscar. I was thinking about this. Awesome. Yeah. This is for everyone because it feels like a movie estate, or it seems like something really high. Because to I do. never thought they were real. Fil- I was like, oh, they're shorts. They're, they're real, not no. real films. And also, but no, and I was considered eighty nine minutes or less. Uh, it's forty minutes. Is forty, 40 minutes, minutes or less. Yeah. Is okay. I couldn't have been more wrong. The, the, they're great, and yeah. I. And that's I, the other thing is that our attention span with like TikTok with all these this, social media websites more has gone be. right down, like right. So it's like, and not to like say anything about that. Whatever that needs to be the cultural conversation. It is what it is. But like. If you're going to watch a 30-minute movie or a 20-minute movie, you're going to get more people in. And we watched one. We might as well play it. Feeling Through. Oh, my goodness. First first film uh, featuring ever. a deaf and blind actor. Not first. Yeah, not first Oscar nominated. The first film Anything, ever recorded. First cinematic thing ever captured on a film that featured a de- deaf and blind Deaf and blind, and blind, yeah, blind and, deaf and was in the actor, film, yeah. and probably yeah. our favorites of the shorts. I, we wanted it to win. We really wanted it to um, win. And then we saw we saw an animated short. It was called. I'm sorry. Is it okay? okay. We're, Very we're touchy today. <laughs> they both um, got vaccinated, so they're like, yeah, we um, it's been a few weeks. So Oprah, we're comfy. Oprah, or opera. I always say opera. Sorry, you keep calling it Oprah. Opera, <laughs> which Ooh, you're getting a school. Yeah, you're getting a school. Oh, like we we, we had this conversation while we were watching this about like the medium of animation oh, and how it's like we you know we always we associate it with children and kids with kids fair right that's our country America we associate and, it with children but we're watching this right. thing and it's like the what the what it was a South Korea USA collaboration what they accomplished I can't even explain it I don't even want to give it away but it's like there's it's s- like twelve minutes twelve minutes and there's so much happening it's like a patriarchy and you're like there's fifteen different things happening there's this, all at once there's like a hierarchy of society and they just like screw down it and you see animated down. like all Little, these like, different figures doing different things interesting and it blew my mind i've seen it yeah. four or five times well you know that gentleman so one of the best things that the adrian film festival has presented is that and i can't pronounce his name but is that rj uh cutler uh no the gentleman from australia that did irony and mike neal and i talked about this on the last episode but the first year of uh um the film festival, you and I were animated uh, judges. Yes. And he did the uh, social media. That's right. And he just did another that was one our, that called was the, yeah. Painted by Numbers, which is a, a play on society. He's really good. Oh. And he's he's phenomenal. Man. He'll be he's nominated for an Oscar one day. 22, 23 years old, way above his time, or way ahead of his, his age And that's range. what the film festival thing yes. can do. Um, that's insane. He's 4-0 oh at this at the Adrian Film Festival, which, you know, it, it is what it is. We're, we're like, building up. I think um, once we start getting back in the line we gotta gotta get past these like speed bumps right yeah I, and it's also just curating a stronger lineup because yes. like i was a judge for the features and it's just like they were just they were just weak yeah um but and it was I, a it weak was, year a lot yeah, of people were yeah. making and so films, that's why it's so. no fault it was just hard to great because like there were just some bad yeah. stuff and so i'm hoping yeah. we can start curating and we can get a um, better lineup but michael mike mike does a great job he, he, he was phenomenal we're referring to mike neal uh, you guys saw him in the last deserves episode. all the credit oh, for hey. everything yeah. that he does for that festival he's he's a rock star all right so we've all kind of had you two had similar answers i had tom hanks uh, <laughs> as the supporting and denzel so uh let's let's transition to the oscars please and before oh we talk about the 2021 oscars <laughs> i want you to tell me tell me what what is it about the oscars that like you love what is it that draws besides just the movies and I mean, cause there's, there's obviously there's the MTV awards, right? Movie yeah. awards. There's, you know, there's the Oscars, there's the SAGs. What is it about the Oscars that feels different that you like that is, you know, 
that maybe your earliest memories, like what is it that draws you to the Oscars and why does it feel so, you know, mysterious or mystical compared to some of these other ones? I think, I think it's just because it's like the only major ceremony that was broadcasted everywhere. It was national TV and it's like the one, the only way that we really celebrate films kind of, you know, like it feels like the Olympics for film. Yes. It's a great answer. And if something you like, are really passionate about is nominants. Like you get behind it and you get excited. And me and Matthew have talked about this. I think though, and this year especially really proved it. It's like, I, I'm, I'm not getting so beholden to Oscar statues anymore because it just seems like no matter what, we're always going to be upset at what won versus what did win. It's like, did Francis McDormand need a third Oscar when no. Viola Davis was but sitting right she, there? But did she deserve did it? She earn yeah. It? So yeah. that's the, that's the question. And, and we'll get in the snubs and the surprises in a minute, but but I know it's like, you know, Vanessa Kirby was my favorite performance of the year and she was nominated, but it's like, you got to remember, it is just an honor to be nominated. This, all, that means that you did have some love in the community. That's what the imagine. losers say. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, of course. No, but, no of, course. And of the, course. And a lot of the movies that I love, like The Surrogate, favorite movie of last year, no, it didn't even come close to getting any award or an Oscar. I mean, it got, it got a lot of love in like the indie There's community. some trivial politics. Like there's everything in life. It's campaigning. Yeah, there's politics to a lot of what wins. And so I feel like you have to just be able to enjoy the spirit of the night yeah and enjoy and it's hard and it's nice it, to see the, the stars and nice to see everybody just kind of having fun but what makes it different than critic choice critics choice award or sag like it just carries more weight i career it's yeah because we, it just because of the longer because the we, longevity we, because of it we, it's, it's 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 because we as a society put so much weight into there's it. a you almost beatbox there for a it's second like, yeah, it's, like the, it's like so the golden globes i think are pretty useless golden globes was the but, other one I was you know of, yeah. but we talk about it every also year politics completely we talk about it every year and we have these conversations it's because we give it weight if we, we just stop talking about it it would go away but you know what golden Globes at least they at least know they that got it, they got it more right this year than the Oscars. But I'll you, say that they at least know they're their TV product, right? Right. Yeah. Where the for Oscars people, for the longest time, the Oscars are very like this is official. They're also yes. so bought, like you can yes. actually see when people you can see wins where you go, oh, who paid for that? <laughs> where you, you talking go, about the Golden Globes? Yeah. Uh, yes. 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 And yes. The, oh yeah, there was a and the Golden Globes. We'll see if they're around next year because they're under some hot water. And we'll talk about that too. But let's so. What about for you, Matthew? Like, let's talk about like what is it for? Or I keep I'm very efficient with your name. I right? do. Matthew. I know. I love it. He likes um, Matthew. Uh, no, he likes Matthew. No, Matthew's Matthew. great. Okay. Uh, what is it? I, about, I can call him Matt. What is what is it about the Oscars for you? What were some of your earliest memories of you watching that you were like for whatever reason it just felt different? Because uh, this is such what a was cliche. The, what was the first Oscar? This is a question somebody asked me. What was the first Oscars you think that I you don't, remember? Oh, I, I don't know. I, 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 I can tell you. I can tell you the first really? season that I followed. But yeah, let's go ahead. The, well, I think it's a cliche answer especially as somebody who like studied performance and like does stuff in the entertainment industry or whatever it's like i want it you know you want to make your speech you want to go do that thing it's like a childish like little dream of like you know that never seems real and then when you get to see that genuine like reaction of somebody i think we live for moments like daniel kaluuya where people come up and he had no idea what he's gonna you could see Mm. like he's like maybe he prepared a few things he's like okay here are the things if i win i'm gonna say but he was like oh it's probably gonna go somewhere else or it might go yada 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 and then he gets up there and it's just like you know, this is a dream. I can't process this. And you feel that, that emotion and the stakes. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. yeah. There's like a stakes to it that if you invest emotionally, it's very thrilling and very riveting. Like, but But it is a lot of, but the Oscars too are a lot of campaigning. Of course. It's a lot of, it's when you see the ugly sort of backside of it. Yeah. It's like, you're like, especially when you like, like when you cover the industry actively, like you see like, you know, Netflix is sending out the coffee table books and they're having the, well also the flip side parties of like social reflection. The Academy ban that now you can't select, nor voters. should you. You shouldn't be able no. to buy voters. But Detroit that. Film Critics Society, we'll still get <laughs> <laughs> Um Yeah, so 
I, I agree with you guys. I think, you know, my, some of my earliest memories. Are it's just, just like, like, it's like Rotten Tomatoes. It's like, well, it may not be the best system, but it's the one we have. It's yeah. the same with the Oscars. Yeah, but it, you know, it always goes back to the movies, right? You watch these movies that used to feel like these powerful performances. It always starts there. Yeah. To me, it started with HBO, right? You're watching yep. HBO late at night. I'm 10, 11, 12 years old. And I'm SNL just enthralled by SNL. Yeah. I'm enthralled by somebody's performance. And then you're like, oh, there's this award show that compares. And you're like, I saw that movie. I saw that movie. I want to see who's going to beat who in that. You know, but then, yeah. then you add that layer on. And then it's like the longevity and the history. And I like, as much as I hated the fact that Leonardo DiCaprio didn't win forever, I because I thought he was deserving in so many years. And The Revenant wasn't his best performance. It's the no. award. It's like, it's his due. But that's my... That's where I started turning on it. Yep. Yes. That's and hard. not only... But I'm still going to obsess about it and talk about it every year. Yes, It'll you're going to have to because it's part of your It's part of your. It's world. a Chadwick conversation, right? We should yes. got to have it. And we will open up the next segment with that. So you guys stay with us. We'll be on back on the other side here. Bobby Talks dot dot dot. You know why they're there. Thanks, guys. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to Bobby Talks dot dot dot. You know why those dots are there. Sitting here with Matthew... Porter and Nate Adams of theonlycritic.com. Hey guys, I appreciate you being here. I didn't say that earlier. Thanks for having us. I'm excited to be here. Having a blast. We were kind of in the middle of an Oscar talk and we wanted to finish that up. And one thing that I wanted to get into was, um, I wrote down politics, right? You can't have a Bobby talks without politics. Now it's not, here's the problem with people think it's politics. It's, it's real life. It's what's happening. It's human, right? So I'm not sitting here trying to get too deep with it, but I want to ask you guys, you were talking about the Twitter world and how toxic it was. It's very toxic. Um, if I may, you kind of love it, right? (laughs) I I, I do not, but I get, I get, I get what you're saying. It hurts. Um, (laughs) I kind of want to ask you guys your opinion on this. Um, if I'm a casual fan, and I'm like, all oh, the Oscars are on. Kids, come in the Oscars. Well, if you're a casual fan, you weren't watching it this year. No, you weren't. Oh, my gosh. Maybe we should talk about minutes. the Oscars this year before I ask my question. Yeah. Let's talk about this year's Oscars. Very 2021 Oscars. First of all, what did you think of the setup? Not, not a, the, the Oscars this year, it wasn't a total, like the nominees, mm-hmm. for like the first time in like in a long time, it kind of felt like, oh, wow, there's a wide range of talent here, diverse. Um, the films kind of reflected that. You had Judas and the Black Messiah, Sound of Metal, you know, Paul, you know, it's just things that in a normal year probably wouldn't have gotten nominated. Like right. Paul Reiki for Sound of Metal, great performance. But that's the kind of thing that in a normal year when big movies are coming out, that would have got overlooked for something sure. flasher like Sylvester Stallone and Creed. Yeah, um, gotcha. And he should, listen, that was a great film. But the point stands is that like a lot of underseen gems kind of got elevated a little bit, which is good, but it's bad, right? You talk about casual fans. It's like you need that Black Panther. You need that Joker or Get Out because people yes. know that what those films are. But then you get something you know, in there like a, like a, a Aroma or uh, 12 Years a Slave and Minari, you know, things like that. You got to have the big debate. It's like the Marvel movies, as much as like we talk about how Marvel, blah, 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 but, you know, Marvel, what Marvel does is it keeps the lights on at those bigger theaters so the right. Minaris of the world can play yes. in them. There's a, there's a place them. for all of them. You need both. Yes. You need both. Yes. Well, there's a transition happening in Marvel too, right? We're not to get into the Marvel Cup, but just to say like, with a lot of blockbuster type franchises where they're becoming like also acting vehicles. Yes. So you're saying like, or Chloe Zhao, who's now an Oscar winner directing Eternals. You're bringing Natalie Portman, an Oscar winner back to Thor, right? You're bringing people back because they see the value of not just like the blockbuster, but even, they're like, even Taika Waititi. Interesting Thor role. Yeah. I get a fun, well-written role. But as far as like the, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say though, that we talk about this all the time and I'm kind of a, I hate 
the era that we're in. I, I know that you don't like. He does not like superhero films. Like superhero yeah. Well, it's not. No, it's not just superhero films. Like I franchise actually, I'm, I'm franchises, actually, and I'm actually turning back to a point where I like. I'm, I'm glad they're here because you said they keep the lights on. I hate the Netflix world that we live in. I hate the streaming platforms. I hate that HBO Max is showing something that's the same day has it in the theaters. Yeah. Right now, especially during this time. I get it. It's all money talks and it's money COVID. talks at the end. But if Warner Brothers but it's not COVID, it's money, and I'm not sure it's ever going back. Well, it's streaming dollars too. But it's streaming. If dollars. Warner Brothers didn't, they're 45 percent of the marketplace right now. If Warner Brothers didn't make the decision that they did, like theaters would be struggling because Godzilla versus Kong made like 50 million dollars. Like if that, didn't, but doesn't that isn't that a, a point to that people are starving for movies correct. to be in theaters? It was a perfect storm. Yes, no, I, absolutely, and that's why next year they're not doing that. They're going 45 days exclusive. How did window. how did Mortal Kombat do? Okay. Yeah. Hey, Mortal question. Kombat did good. 20, These are movies that twenty-two like, million dollars. Let me tell you why. Because I have no interest in Godzilla versus Kong. Nope. I have no interest in Mortal Kombat. Same. But and I'm there at the theater to watch them. Why? Because there was a trailer on my TV, and that made it feel like an event. Right. Right, right now, there's no movie trailers on my TV, and if there is, interesting. If there is, it is Netflix brand. Then you got to go mm-hmm. Netflix, and it doesn't feel like an event when you go to the movies. It's an event. It's a date. It's right. a going out. There's, it's a happening. It's a thing you do. And that was missing this year. And that's kind of reflect. Like none of these films that were nominated were event pictures. No, but they were somber, intimate dramas. That I think the closest thing, the closest nominee on there that got to like a mainstream, like perfect crowd pleaser. Like not perfect, like, depending on you ask. But like it was Trial of the Chicago Seven was the closest. That would have done. I would. That, see, if this, yeah, if this was ten years ago, that yeah, would have won best. That would have won best picture. <laughs> if not down. for if also think about this. If not for COVID and with the current like political climate moment we're having with like Black Lives Matter and all that stuff as well. Imagine like that coming out this past summer if we could go into theaters. Yes. That yes. would have been an insane I mean just just the, like their box the office. Of yeah, yeah. The, ti- the timeliness of it wasn't COVID incredible. absolutely impacted. It, I'm not, it, I'm not it gave them it COVID. gave them a oh but it, I get what you're saying. It gave them an out, right? It, it, it gave them an out that they've been and it was coming for. It was coming yeah. for a long time and, and they just gave it to them. You're right. And they I were just looking for that. Afraid it's never coming back. It's not No, the window is shattered. Like what the way that we could consume content now how quickly movies come from theaters to home will never be the same. If I had my way, Gentlemen, I'd say, hey, are we going to the movie Saturday? We dress up, we go yeah. to dinner, and we. You want to make it movie. like the theater? Make it a night. It's, it's an event, and it doesn't have to be big event picture, but it's the event of going to the theater. And that's why you need those smaller house indie, this, like the yeah. the main art and Royal Oak. Yes, or yes. The I love the main art. Yeah, I grew up going to the main art yes. with my the, father. That the Maple was how theater. I bonded. Um, with that theater. I hosted an event at the Maple Theater uh, to Secret Cinema a couple weeks ago. See, this is meaningful shit to people. Like exactly, yes. you're saying it's a meaningful ritual to go to the theater and yes. laugh with Number people or one, cry with people. The number one leisure activity in the country is movie theaters. Yes. And everybody goes to the movies. uh, Everybody's day is like the number one day of the year. Crazy. The, yes, it is the busiest. It's the highest grossing day. Of, I've always wanted uh, my, some of my best Christmas memories are, are like thinking about how I was like, oh, if I had a family too, I would do this every year. Every like year, when I was a kid. Yes. If we could go Presents to movies in the morning, yeah, you do the uh, whether you're a lunch dinner or a dinner dinner, yeah. or whatever. But you move the movies around that. You're at and movies I, at and night. I'm missing that. I miss that, man. I miss going the community. The, I miss going to the movie theater on Christmas Day and like the line was out the door. Yes, and like going to see um like my I saw like Lame Is on Christmas Day the the remake and that was pat like we had to sit in the front row. What was the last movie? you've been to that was sold out that was sold out probably oh avengers God. endgame i guess that makes sense yeah, has yeah. To be. for like me the, it would be a little bit harder because i don't see those like so. a movie that was like wall i mean i go to screening sometimes and maybe it was the force awakens it could have been we saw the force or the, yeah. the no the, the, the the last star wars movie how do you that, how do you compete with convenience though 
How do you compete Event with these pictures? Like you said, because but does Godzilla vs Kong just was available at home, and more people saw it in theaters. But, Convenience. But I saw the movie, and the movie was. Uh, I mean, premium. It, I think the premium. I think the thirty dollars. Uh, I think the I won't Disney do it model, again. I won't do it again. I think the Disney model is something that will push people into the theater. It's like if you're going to charge me thirty dollars to rent yes. Mulan or at Black home, Widow, yeah, I, I'll go to the theater and see it. I want the experience. It just depends. Sure. And Black Widow is going to be a good testing point for that because that's a Marvel property, major. Fr- so like, we'll see what that does versus well, there's the. People, there's people in the component. industry, right, Nate? Correct me if I'm wrong, but there's people in the industry who want to like make sure that it's like say, okay, we'll accept that this has changed it for good. However, put a premium on at home yeah. so that people, if you're going to buy you're it, gonna like, make the choice. You're yeah. going to make the choice. You're going to sit home. You're going to pay a lot of money to do this. You're going to pay what you would pay at the movie theater in concessions. It's like drive through. You're paying for convenience, not the quality. But the problem I Ooh. think with that model of what you're saying is, is that if I'm somebody that's not really going to go to the theater, yeah. and I would have paid a normal price to watch you it. Push people away and now i'm not gonna watch it at, at all. all the people yeah. that are gonna go to the movies are gonna go to the movies regardless that's not gonna change it's right that middle ground it's that middle ground and i guess i'm fighting for the middle ground of people which i i'm a diehard so i'm going to the theater. but back to the oscars yes let's go back to the oscars i so, want to say the first the first campaign the first season i remember following was uh 2006 in the departed one best picture and i was 11 i remember and i i followed are you a rat are you a co-op? Are you a fucking co-op? I remember seeing Mark Wahlberg uh, winning Best Supporting Actor. That was kind of cool. Oh, God. And then... Uh, Leo was nominated for two Oscars that year. It didn't win How many Blood has he Diamond been nominated and for? Departed. Yeah, and he lost both of them. A lot. Um, <laughs> I remember... Was that Milk? What won that year? No, Departed won Best... No, no, no. Oh, I mean, actor? Actor. Did Sean Penn win for Milk? Did Sean he Penn did. win for Milk that yeah, year? My, that Milk was 2008. Mm. So milk was later. Okay. I don't remember. 2006. What would that have been? The po- but look at see the politics. I, not to also talk about politics, um, but the politics have always been in like the Oscars, and that's something. But it's getting to a point where it's every speech. It's not just every speech. It's like we don't have we don't have the space to occupy. I was talking to Nate about this. I said there's something like and forgive the p word. There's like trauma porn happening in Oscars in cinema, but in, in any content right now, trauma porn is everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And so it's not that it's I exploitive. it's not that there's exploitative. Yeah, there's not. Exploitive. It's not that I don't agree with wanting and needing to see the, the urgency of a lot of these voices expressing what they need to express. It's rather even people from these communities are coming out and like outcry is being I'm tired. Of watching people of color die on screen viciously. It's why a movie like My Octopus Teacher won Best Documentary Feature. <laughs> people are craving over something that, like Time, which was a very topical film about the justice system, a black man who Dude. was like in prison. And did you see Time? You don't have to know, but, yeah. but it's like My Octopus Teacher won because people you, wanted to feel they just like this made me feel something. You know what I was, I was watching? Upset. You know what I was watching throughout our prep for our Oscar week when I was going to watch all the other Oscar stuff too. You know this stupid show you guys mentioned a movie called The Circle, a stupid show called The Circle. Yes. I Netflix, Netflix that is comfort the food dumbest show in the world D- so dumb but I I need to turn my brain off because yes, of how much need- empathizing I'm doing all the time and it's not Absolutely. that it's, it's important to always be empathizing but it's like I was talking to Nate about, I'm like, we need, what I think revives the Oscars is our genre categories. I think you need a comedy genre at the Oscars. I think you do too. Yeah. I, I really don't know why they don't. I mean, I, I guess, I, it, drama best, doesn't have to take. We need a stunt work too. Best yeah. stunts. That's, stunts as well. That's just for the industry. You I think need they to could do that. more, like you could spend another 10 minutes on comedy and 
I hate to say this, but because it is a TV show. Well, yeah. t- historically you speaking, know, like no comedy, like how, there's a handful there's of comedies some, that have won the Oscar for Best some, Picture. There's just some genres that like they're like, oh, we got to get through. There's this. a difference between there's a difference between like a meaningful message of like support and unity and virtue signaling until you can't anymore. Let's organize this a little bit because I think what we're talking about is so. At the end of the day, just so we're clear, uh-huh. if the most uncomfortable I am yeah. is I'm a little annoyed with another speech, right? And that's just me speaking freely, right? It's just a, it's a gut react- reaction because you can't listen to every single speech from every single person so intently and be like, oh, that's the first, it's so profound. I just, first time I've heard that, right? You're just not, we're not wired that way. But if you kind of have to mo- be better than yourself, you kind of have to move yourself back a little bit and say, if the most uncomfortable I am is that I have to put up with these speeches oh, please. versus what other people that are really experiencing these things go through, that's that privilege yeah. part. But I'm just asking the question of, are you supposed to watch the Oscars for the escape of your reality? Or is you it are. supposed to be and, and that's the argument of, of sports and politics. At what point should they interject and of, at what point shouldn't they? That's I, a question of all art. Does art, should art only make you feel good or only make you feel bad? I don't think there's a universal black or white that I should be I think the Oscars, area. though, are known for, there, there is that level of escapism and I think that was missing this year because they didn't show, they only showed clips. They didn't, they didn't give people a taste of what they were missing. They always have their Hollywood movie, right? And right. Uh, this year, especially, what the Oscars was missing was, and, and Frances McDormand was actually the only one in her speech that loved her speech. But said about see our movie on the biggest screen. Like they should have been like, we need to get back to movies. We need to celebrate artists. We need to do this. And instead we're rushing through the in memoriam segment and we're banking on a last minute switcheroo of the categories because mm-hmm. we hope, we hope Chadwick Boseman and is going to win best actor. Oh my God. And listen, 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 that was not, it was gutsy and they knew so it. So exploitative. Um, it's- I had a feeling but TV is exploitative, so yeah. no, mean, it's exploitative, and I get it. But so is reality I, I, TV, yeah, and I exactly. had a feeling, and this is, I had a feeling that an upset was brewing for Anthony, like Anthony Hopkins pull the upset. And I mentioned this. On you the, said that uh, before the Oscars yeah, I, tonight. I, I, I jinxed it because what was happening was I go down these rabbit holes. I try to when I make I put a lot of thought in my predictions, and Ch- the, the Chadwick Boseman. What ended up happening was he peaked too early. If the award season had happened when they normally happen, like in February. He, he would have won. Well, he also passed away. But I'm just saying that like the extended season went too long. And then what happened was, is that people voters were thinking, well, Chad Mick's going to win. I'm going to vote for Anthony Hopkins. And what happened is it's like voting, right? Like, Oh, one yeah, vote I doesn't see, matter. Right. Enough people were saying. like, Oh, well it's he's going to win anyway. Actually. So let me just vote for Anthony Hopkins as my number one. And then sure. And behold, but, that's what happened. But let me ask this question. I did not see what, what, what movie was it again? That the he was father. Uh, the, uh, uh, Chadwick Boseman was nominated for my Rainey's black bottom. Yes. I have not seen the film. So I'm going to ask you this question because mm-hmm. it always happens, right? Heath Ledger died, and then all of a sudden, it's a precedent. Now I've seen his performance, and I was like, "Wow, I, I, you could, you can tell me that that might be the greatest performance ever made." I, I can, wow. I can go that route. Right? I, so you're saying is like Chad if Heath Ledger had not I'm died, asking you yeah. is Chad? This is Bozeman, an argument we had. Is did he deliver an Oscar performance? Yeah, or did he die? I think during a time uh, in a very sad, tragic way. That pulls on our heartstrings that says we've got it. And this is where the Oscars have kind of lost it for me the last five, six years is when they start doing these consolation prizes or these feel good stories. And it's not about the art anymore. So I'm asking, and that's why a reality television show. Did he deliver and, and, a yeah, Oscar performance? But so did Anthony Hopkins. So that's why. And the thing I'm not mad about is I know Chadwick Boseman wouldn't be sweating it Ma, if he lost. Ma Rainey, I didn't see other ones. So Ma Rainey. 
uh, My Rainey's Black Bottom is a part of August Wil- Wilson's play cycles that okay. Denzel is producing. They're all like narratively some of the best things ever written. Really? So like I don't think th- I don't know if any of those coming out will ever flop. Knock on wood. But I feel like they'll always be incredible. Um, he but, Chadwick Boseman commands. It's it's called My Rainey's Black Bottom. But listen, but listen. Here's the thing. I will agree with you, Nate, to the extent, total extent, that Chadwick Boseman gave an Oscar-worthy performance. He should have been nominated. The trouble I had was I felt too that Anthony Hopkins' performance this year was better. No, I agreed. Let me yeah. like let me just say I agreed. However, I thought that Chadwick Boseman's performance of Forty Two was better and should have won that. I thought he should have won for Black Panther. And I just thought he should have. Yeah. So it was really a moment. Hopkins where, already has an Oscar. It was a yeah. moment where I said exactly. It was a moment where I said I will. I predicted for Chadwick to win and I wanted him to win because I was like, you know what? We've set a precedent with Heath Ledger. I thought there were other performances Heath Ledger's year that yeah. could have been. You could have really. Said. Yeah, yeah, I do because it's like. Here's the thing, like, and then on the flip side, like, then Chadwick doesn't win for Black Panther. It's like, what's the? We're setting a precedent on like based on posthumous awards. We're gonna like only award things because people are. So this breaks past. that precedent. Then it makes it, it breaks, breaks the precedent. It. But my question is though, is that it also just confirms that, that actor's best piece of work. You're comparing it to other actors of that year's best piece of work. Sure. So what is better? So that that that's where that's where my argument comes from. So like you were talking about when when Leo won for The Revenant, that wasn't his Not best better, piece of work no. in your opinion. Well, and also if we're talking about. Like what my best performance, best male performance. I said Vanessa Kirby was my favorite actress of the year. But I mean, if we're talking about like my like Delroy Lindo and Defy Bloods. Yeah, hold on, Laura Dern for um, Marriage (laughs) Story winning an Oscar. You're like that's the biggest one too. It's like she's given a plenty of incredible performances. But that was yeah. It's 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 all about the campaign too and the momentum. It's It's all about about the movie and the name. Momentum is huge. Momentum is huge. Um, All right, let's transition then. I actually thought the Oscars looked pretty cool. Well, Steven Soderbergh tried to he tried to make it like a movie and. And then they gambled. Now, if Chadwick Boseman had won at the end, that's fine. But trust me, when your show goes off the rails like that, you yeah. don't want it just ended, Joaquin right? Phoenix because Joaquin Phoenix just didn't look like he wanted to be there because he doesn't want to be there. And he comes there. out, he's like, "Well, they want me to say these things about these actors." And so they, when Eddie Zellweger comes out, gives him passion pleas for all the and nominees. Then, Joaquin Phoenix is like, "I'm not going to do any of that." Yeah, they were uh, all here are the great. nominees, and then <laughs> and then he just it was so anticlimactic. Anthony Hopkins, the father, the Academy oh, accepted the biggest, Okay, see you later. It was the biggest like, the deflation. Yeah, it was the, the it was I think it was arguably worse than the Moonlight La La Land mix up. It yeah, was worse. It was pretty bad. Yeah, they yeah, that was yeah. They really need to end with the movie. The, and yeah. and, it'll, and guess what? It'll yeah. never happen again. It will always end on yeah. Best Picture because totally, of that. Totally agree. Yeah. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, you might not know this about me, Are you but <clears throat> What's that? You on Letterbox? Oh, I'm on Letterbox. Follow me, baby. Hey. Uh, so you might not know this, but I, uh, I, I am. I'm a lot of things. I am an athletic director. I'm a dean of students. I'm a varsity basketball coach. I'm a landscaper, lawnmower. I'm a Bobby Talks podcast host. Oh, by the way, I'm a full time teacher. Uh, so I have a lot of different hats. So getting to the movies now, especially with COVID and all the things that have been going down, getting to the movies is very difficult for me to do. Um, and going through Netflix and going through the rabbit hole because I'm not watching Netflix originals right now. I'm just, I'm on a, you know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a, on that I'm way hypocrite. too. I'm, I'm not watching TV shows. I'm trying to catch up on movies that I haven't seen my quarantine. Right. I love your, your quarantine catch up that we talked about last time. I love that. What I did and what I'm doing right now, because it takes me so long to find a movie that I end up tapping out and I end up watching old TV that I've watched a thousand times. Right. 
What I decided to do, and this is the first person I've done this with, Steven Spielberg. I said, I'm going to choose a director, and I'm going to watch him chronologically in order from the first movie they made all the way to the end. And that way you just pick. It's pick for you. That's fascinating. Right? So we're starting with- I'm committing to this. Steven Spielberg, I started with him, and you kind of get to see the- the Lost World Above Temple of Doom. Bold. So hang on. We get get a- Bold. Relax, Nathaniel. (laughs) So that's kind of where we're going. So I just wanted to paint the picture here. So what we're going to be doing is I'm going to kind of- Quickly go through some of these. I do like Crystal Skull, though. I'm glad you gave it a little. I, that movie gets shed on, and I, it's a shame it does. I agree, and we'll talk a little it's bit. It's because we'll Shia LaBeouf, isn't it? It's because Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> but what I want to do is I want to really break down my top ten, and uh, I'll give you some reasons, and you guys just say, I hate your list, I understand your list, <laughs> or it is what it is. There is going to be some disclaimers along the way. Uh, I didn't see a lot of his films um, until I was... 34 years old, 33 wow. years old. Dude, you saw my quarantine cat. I mean, I saw people are like, you're a film no, critic? Yeah, I know Spielberg. Like... I love Spielberg. I've seen a lot of his films. He's got Dude, 30. It, it all goes back them, to but... like, when I grew up, these aren't the things I was watching. Of course. I didn't I didn't take cinema seriously when I was in adolescence in high school. Right. I was like, show me a broad Jim Carrey, yes. Seth Rogen comedy. That's all I want to see. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't watching Clueless or like, let me go down the Stanley Kubrick rabbit hole when I yes. was 13. When you were 13. Well, I kind of did when parents, I was 13. That's kind of when you started. But no, no, yeah, yeah. But my parents, th- these movies were yes. on in my household. They're no, like, want to sure. watch, uh, want to watch uh, Grown Ups for the. Fifth I'll give you a perfect time. example. My buddy just asked me. He's like, "Hey, I'm doing a podcast. I'd like you to be on. Let's talk about a film." I go, "Oh, great. Which one do you want to talk about? You want to talk about Heavyweights, The Big Green? You want to talk about Rookie of the Year? Which one was it? You know?" He's like, "I want to talk about Citizen Kane." <laughs> yeah, he wants to talk about those. <laughs> so, but that kind of gives you an idea. So, we're here. Uh, we're going to go with 31 through 24 because that's Wait, what the screen is going to show you. Did you see Bridge of Spies? You're just not ranking it? I did see Bridge of Spies. Bridge of uh, Spies is so good. Oh, I'm not sure why it's not ranked down there. I did. And I would have ranked that probably at like a three and a half, to be honest with you. I love Bridge of Spies. Um, good late Spielberg. So right here, I'm just going to name these off real quick. Number 31 through 24, the bottom of the list, just for our listeners. You got the BFG at 31, 30 Bridge of Spies, big, 29. Big fucking, big fucking giant. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's a completely different animation. Uh, the BFG at 31, Bridge Strange of Spice at 30, 29 is 1941, 28 is actually Steven Spielberg's uh, directorial debut, uh, The Sugarland Express oh, in 1974. Oh, uh, 27 is Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Uh, number 26 is Empire of the Sun, which if you don't know, that's a young Christian Bale there. 25 is uh, The Lost World, Jurassic Park, done in 1997. 24 is Adventures of Tintin. I love Tintin. Quick reaction. Give me, give me thirty seconds of what like you can't believe is this low or ver- what you think we're on par. Ready? So far. Yeah, let me go first because I because mine will be the easiest. Sure. I haven't seen any of these movies. Really? Really? Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I right along with you. I'm also not as well versed in Spielberg, Spielberg as I thought. So yeah, I mean, and I and I that is because I knew his I knew kind of his resume was big. Yeah. So I was like, let me start here and then I'm, we'll like go no, like this. let's say this. I'm sure I've seen bits and pieces of Temple of Doom sure. and of Lost World, but you wouldn't be able to call them out from Temple of Dune. Nope. You wouldn't be able to, yep. No. I'm not going to shame you because I've um, I've been recently catching up with stuff too. Um, <laughs> love Tintin. I'm a big Tintin fan. I remember when it came out, I was like made fun of, like, you're going to go see Tintin. But it's like, why don't you watch Tintin? And oh, then, it's like, great. You'll see, like, when I saw it in 3D, I remember being like, do you see this is what, this is just what Spielberg does. Yep. Does. Um, do you know that Paddington 2 just surpassed Citizen, Citizen Kane, Kane yes. on the all-time list? Oh, that of... just makes me want to vomit. <laughs> um, continue. <laughs> uh, Lost World. Pretty high up there. You, what's your what's your well, beef with Temple of, of Doom? First of all, this is the low points. So we're talking high up there in the in the the loser bracket. That's basically. true. But but ooh, I, and maybe it's because we didn't grow up watching it. But like maybe this is what, like you know 
Lost World Jurassic Park, Tintin, they kind of have that recency bias where it's like the the Aurora yes. of or like the legacy of Indiana Jones. It's like it doesn't impact us as much as because we weren't watching it all the time. Whereas somebody who grew up cracking the whip, they're yes. like, oh my gosh, Indiana Jones, how could you? So it's like, I get it. I do have an autocorrection. You're right. I see what the issue is with this right here. For some reason, Bridge of Spies would not be in the bottom of this list. Right. These two have not been rated for some reason, so they haven't been put in the ranking, but they've been put in the ranking. It just must not have So have you finished all of Spielberg's all of movies? I've finished them wow. all. So Bridge of Spies is, would actually be higher on this Let's list. Let's go up. Let's so go up. 1941 <laughs> would be my worst Spielberg movie. I don't know if you guys have seen this, no. but it was, it's, it's supposed to be, it was like a comedy. It was a satire movie of like if war took place in America during 1941 and it had um, Belushi in it and it's a really kind of like a very physical comedy Um, not good not good not good Uh, it wants to be great and it was uh, Spielberg's first uh, go um, go about with comedy isn't that insane how like something like you think perfect Spielberg Belushi yeah it's gotta work yeah yeah didn't work. All right, let's go for a 23. We'll continue on here. Let me get my mouse over here. There we go. 23, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I gave it three and a half, so that's kind of where, from here on out, still Spielberg movies, just like, that's their base. Out of five stars, it's like, okay, this deserves a three and a half. It's like, is yeah. this just, it's just, just okay Spielberg, or is this like really And, and it's Spielberg. very hard to kind of debate you Spielberg. You have some five Spielbergs, right? Or do you know? I do, yes. Okay. I do. Uh, 23, I Indiana nice. Jones and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Number 22, The Post. Oh. Number 21, some people's cult favorite. You know, a lot of people like artificial intelligence. I thought it was just, you know, I had some really good moments. But I like The Post, I think, maybe a little bit more than you gave it. But okay. I, but it was, I, I get it. Fair, I get it. Fair, Uh Number 20, Munich. Just watched that last year, too, Munich. Um, uh, really good. Yeah. Really Eric, good. Eric Bana doesn't get enough credit for a lot. Oh, War of the Worlds. Number 19, War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds would be up there higher for me. Really? Really? Top ten, okay, easy, easy, easy. I'd probably it's probably my it's top. It was a world. huge movie that summer. Yeah, two thousand six. Probably that was your departed one. Yeah, was that War of the Worlds? Was that Brad Pitt? That was Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Oh, so good. Uh, continuing on, I just watched that movie. To ten year anniversary just came, or or no, a fifteen year anniversary. Fifteen year. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, the Terminal, number eighteen. So this wow. is kind of. Uh, I just think Tom Hanks, yeah. this is why he's so good, because he, he can make a bad movie. talking kind of to the right guy. He made a bad movie very, very good. I mean, this thing was entertaining. It's weird. And it wasn't. So strange. Yeah, and you think, oh, a guy that gets stuck in an airport. He's, he's, he pulls off the accent, though. He does. And he, yeah. not just that. It's like you you are literally, like, you feel for this guy. But, I have seen this. Oh, my gosh. I've Oh, man. I feel bad that a lot of Spielberg movies are forgettable. No, that's because, true. But like, that's you because he has that. so many. They're yes, not so forgettable. Many. They're forgettable compared to Spielberg. Yes. When you get to the top 10 here, the top 12, you're going to be yeah. like, when you see e. my honorable mentions. E.T. is the mentions, most iconic film. I think one of the most iconic films. Let's keep going then. You said E.T. is the most iconic film. It didn't make my top 10. Wow. Yeah, E.T. didn't. Yeah. I'm not. Number I'm, it wouldn't 17. Be in your top 10. Dude, Amistad. I watched Amistad. I, so I actually went and saw Amistad recently in theater. I saw. I went $5 and it was showing it. I was like, oh, I've never seen yeah. Amistad. I'm going to go see it in a theater. Boring as shit. It boring as shit. <laughs> boring as shit. <laughs> it was a long historical drama, but I was like, oh, man, right. McConaughey, Anthony Hopkins. Uh, 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 Morgan, Freeman. Morgan Freeman. I was like, yes. And then I, I was sitting there, and Aaron was with me, Treadway, our, our oh, friend yeah. Treadway, and we we're just like, oh, we that was boring. So what was this it? does here is this is kind of the the good and the bad, right? So uh, Spielberg, you kind of high up there for a movie that's boring as shit. Well, that's the problem. It's, he's made thirty three films. That's seventeen, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. like, wait till you keep seeing these. But 
we'll continue on. He just polishes things a little too cleanly, right? Yeah. Uh, number 16, you've got Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Of course. Of course. And then we crack our top 15 here, here we go. with E.T. I got to tell you, I it's didn't fair. see E.T. until e- last year. Me too. If I was a child, this would probably be my top I saw it at the drive-in last summer, first time. I saw it, it as, I saw so it as a kid. And it would be in your top yeah, ten. It would be my top it, ten. It was very impactful and for And there you. it is. That makes sense. All right, we'll continue on. Number 14, we've got Raiders of the Lost Ark, which is the first installment of Indiana Jones. I don't know if I've ever sat down and watched all of Raiders of the Lost Ark Do you know why? It's on IMAX. So, so good. Harrison Ford is amazing, right? The story is really, really great. But here's the problem. What's the problem? It's just him pulling off crazy stunts the whole time. <laughs> yeah, but like, for 1981, that's pretty remarkable. And I take that into consideration, but again, I didn't see this film until Still I was 33 years old. Yeah. So I kind of have this bias of where movies Spectacle are at. That's true. Things are, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, it's, I, it's great, and I love the, the dynamic between him, and I believe it's Karen Allen. They go back and forth. Wait until Minority Report gets up here. Is that coming? Oh, number 12. Number 13, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I actually oh, found that one to be one the most. the best. I thought that was, well, the second to last, the uh, penultimate. I thought that was the uh, uh, the most interesting, right? Interesting. Um, and number 12, Minority Report. Oh, my God, you're dropped, man. Minority the Tom, the Tom Cruise Spielberg collaborate. I'm a big Tom Cruise fan. Yeah. And he, they, both of those are in my top 10. Minority They're Report. Both, are you sure? I'm sure there's a couple on here that you're going to kick off. Love Minority Report. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Number 11, the last one out before we break in is... Is Jaws. <laughs> that is not uh, by any means is that controversial. Very controversial. By no means is this a marketing thing on my half here to get us <laughs> into the Spotify listeners. Um, but number 11 is Jaws. So what I want to do is let's take the last two minutes here yeah. before we go to Spotify. Yeah. So if you want to get Robert Gifford's top 10 Spielberg movies, you're going to have to go to Spotify. Ooh. And But I want to know, what was your thoughts about Jaws? Jaws is number 11 here, but you, do you have to take in consideration the year that it came out? And how first much summer, it, it was the Jaws was the first summer blockbuster that showed that movies can make money on an opening weekend. Because back then, they did platform releases where movies would gradually come from city to city and you'd build up a, build up an opening weekend. Jaws was the first one. It's like, we're going to try releasing it everywhere at once. And yeah. then everybody went on. It's like, oh, this works. And, they, and they now that's... That's why we have summer blockbusters. So it's instrumental in that way. Uh, I actually just watched it again for the first time. I couldn't finish it when I was a kid because I was actually terrified. And that it's it's graphic, kind of. Yeah, like, it is. It's scene, very graphic. The kid in the gets eaten by the shark. He's swimming. I'm like, oh my god! Now I don't understand why I never finished this. If I I like to swim, and this is terrifying. Yeah. Um, and it shows, but it, Richard Dreyfuss, how great right. he is. Yep. Richard Dreyfuss is good. Richard Dreyfuss. Uh, for me, I also, what I think, what I think Jaws works so well is I love when we don't see what's the antagonist. When they, yeah. And maybe Spielberg one of the first that. movies that where the score is like one of the best parts too of the movie where it's like, if you don't have the score, do you think the movie, do you think the movie is as no, good? No, because you can't, <laughs> the probably the part of the reason is because the shark looked kind of fake now. Yeah, right. well, the like, score we, helps that. So we yeah. can't, we don't want to give it away because as soon as you see what it is it loses its it loses its luster you know i love movies where it, like cloverfield yeah love that because we don't know what you know, it is see, i don't know I what like this thing is attacking i like it to a certain extent uh paranormal activity I don't and compare the them. blair witch project we're comparing, we're comparing <laughs> apples here. to oranges yeah, I know, here I know. jaws and Very cloverfield <laughs> but you get the idea i, I love not seeing what's 
attacking me. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to get to the top 10 on Spotify. I'm sitting here with Matthew Porter. We just lost film, but I got video here. I'm sitting here with Nate Adams, Matthew Porter. Ah! Um, <laughs> guys, I can't appreciate you enough for being on Bobby Talks, episode three of the new season. I hope you had fun. I yeah. Don't, lol, yeah. It's been a great time. Yeah? It flies, doesn't it? It goes it by quick. I was uh, like, oh my goodness, we were going to talk about so many things. <laughs> so here's what we're going to do. Everybody go to Spotify, check us out, click on that link. It'll be on the Facebook, it'll be on Instagram, anywhere you can find me. It'll be on Twitter, it'll be on TikTok. Anything you can find oh, me, fun. click on that link. We'll take you to Spotify. All right, thank you. Top 10, are you guys ready? Yeah. Yes. All right, here we go. Number 10. And there's going to be some movies on here that you probably haven't seen. Probably haven't seen. All right. Interesting. The Color Purple, 1985. Oh, oh my God. Of course. Of course. So well, have you guys both seen this movie? Yeah. I've seen the musical. Yeah. seen the musical. Yeah. So you know the story. Yeah. Then. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, so every movie that's basically be on here all the way up to Lincoln, right, is going to have an issue. Oh, wait, hold on. Link. Is Lincoln your number one? Did I think, do you think I just gave it away? We'll see. Maybe I just had a slip <laughs> up. Lincoln. We'll find oh, out. We'll this find is going to be. So Ooh, right buddy. now, all the way, all the way to Lincoln, what I was just trying to get at is like these, these big stories that he's trying to tell, have a message attached to it. The thing with, with, with Spielberg is that his movies are always, the history is always so polished, right? It's always so clean. It yeah. doesn't really show the negative side of things as much as it should. I think Color Purple, that's where he got a lot of backlash from, was that he didn't go deep enough into these, um, kind of the story, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, also there's the argument now, it's like, you know, he's a white filmmaker. It's like, should he be telling the story? Why know? can't he? And I, I would love to have that argument too. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that's he can't. A good, that's I, a, that's yeah. a long argument, but it's a good, that's a good an, one. Is he not an observer of history? Uh, is he not? Oh, this is a Matthew. This let's, is let's, let's have this conversation. I, because here's the problem. No, you just have really good insight on you, it. You, well, here's the problem. Because if, first of all, if you, maybe there's not a black filmmaker that wants to tell this story. Okay. So the story then doesn't get told and it needs to be told. There, that's that's the one real, part to it. Yeah. I think the real argument is that there, even if there isn't, which I think is far-fetched, there's one waiting in the wings who could be taken under the wing of somebody like Spielberg and brought to direct that And you're film. right. Spielberg has the clout to get somebody to direct. Like, I, yeah. I'm giving this person my blessing. Let them. It's also like it's Spike also Lee was, 1985. Spike Lee was well, coming sed- up then. Here, here's the dirty yes. and the sadistic part of this conversation, which is, again, about money, right? It's about the fact that also Commercial that, appeal. Well, yeah, commercial appeal. It's about the fact that even if Spielberg did that, let's say a scenario like my idea, which is what I think is the dream scenario, which is where amazing, incredible, iconic directors bring in artists who are up and coming, who they've seen as well, who are like to tell a story that is far more their voice. Sure. No, I understand that. Like it's why, it's why it's, it's why Spike Lee got to direct Malcolm X is because he went to the original filmmaker who and was white and he said, I got to tell this story. Right. And you know what? In he a perfect him. utopia yeah. and a different type of society that we, I think we want to hope to build to, although it'll never be really utopia, but is like, I think, it's hard to say that he should be telling that story. It's not about allowed or not. You can tell whatever story you want. It's a matter of like, especially now when we were talking about like the trauma porn of like watching people of color die violent deaths or watching them be subjected to all these terrible things. We don't get to see people of color being happy by a lot of these, like about white directors and other things. It's like, so that makes it even a weirder dynamic of like, you're directing these, these actors in this situation and it's still the same hierarchy, which what would make me terribly uncomfortable if I were as a white director. And then I I just think there are so many better voices to tell the story. All right, but let's go back to 1985 though. Mm -hmm. In 1985, right? So different time, different time. Yeah. You have, you have typecasting of, uh, of black actors and actresses and what the type of movies they're playing. But let's say, 
if Steven Spielberg decides that he's not going to tell this story, he's just going to stay in his it's lane. It's not going to get made until today. What I'm who saying is, it, yeah. I'm saying who tells it, but I think because of movies, because of people like Spielberg, it. it, it speeds up the process of getting us to 2021 where we're having this conversation about great filmmakers and whether or not who should be telling it. That might be 2030. And we're getting if we don't have a Spielberg make a movie like this. So like I think you have to have a voice from everybody. I think collaboration, but if Steven Spielberg is is feels compelled to tell the story, he needs to do his homework by all means. And I don't know I don't know how far he did or didn't. I don't know that. But what I'm saying and is... And I'm sure the cast and the people that are in the film obviously bring to. that context to it. There too. just hasn't been enough... I don't think there's been enough urgency in the in, in yeah. film and TV for all of the talk. And like, when we I, talk about speeches, for yes. all of the talk, especially by white creators, that there isn't... It is... It is ridiculous that in the 93 years, we have not given an African-American the Best Director Award. Like, that's right. that's kind of unacceptable. Unreal. Unreal. 93 years. Like, Halle Berry is, like, the only Best Actress of Women it's like of 93 yes. years it's like that is an issue yes it and is I know an we issue. talk about politics but it's like there are incredible performances so what do we want to do now though so this is kind of like my question though so like now i still i totally agree that is wrong in every facet like, I wait think john until Singleton the old people was, in the yeah. academy die out yeah. no, I'm and, <laughs> but the question does become do you want to just give it to a black director. No, not no. They got it. They want to earn it. Right. But, they want to earn it, and I yeah. think they want to earn it as well. They Everyone don't want to feel like yeah. it's a. And that starts with, like you said, weaning out the people that are stuck in their old traditional yes. values and getting people. And that's why yeah. you're seeing like, uh, they added like 700 new members, you know, international yes. and diverse backgrounds, and that's why a lot of the wealth was spread with the awards. Like, no, yes. there was no movie that went home. Like, I don't think you're going to see. 11. You're never going to see a Titanic sweep. All of it's not like you're going. People want to give out. You know. I disagree. I think every now and then there's a special movie that just kind of takes things over. Well, I mean, this season it was Nomadland. It just had an yeah. unstoppable trajectory. I mean, we talk about peaking early, and I guess I made the Bozeman comparison earlier. I, I thought Nomadland was going to get pushed off its mantle, but it just it kept trucking. Just kept going. Kept and trucking. I, that's, that's Francis McDormand, you know, or Dormant. I a can't bit. really believe that. I get, I do get it, because once again, it's an issue film, and they're good at issue films, especially well, with an amazing Chloe's director, out, with an incredible of, director, yes. Second woman, first woman of color, second woman I'm not gonna, Well, and I'm also not going to say, like, because it's not that a consolation prize. I don't think at all the way she won Best Director, because Right. It was an yeah. incredibly directed film, and what she had to do, like, because they got real people and they went on the like the, the stuff that they it's, did was even if the movie necessarily didn't work for me as much as it did for other people, I could appreciate the craft yes. and like, what went into it. Yes, um, you know, as much as you know, it, it's all it's all politics and voting, and like you said, it's like, it, we, can it debate, is. we can debate all oh, Francis McDormand win again, but it's like you know, I mean, but I just think momentum that, was on their side. I just think that there's a place for people to tell stories about people. Yeah, whether or not you can argue. The, it, the story could have been told better. Sure. We're trying to tell a story. Are we always trying to tell the most perfect version of that story? Maybe, maybe we are. I don't know, but we can tell it from our side. I still think it's a, it's appropriate for, for Steven Spielberg to tell the story. So, but to each their own, right? <laughs> number nine, number nine. Oh, I'm lost something here. Here we go. Oh, here we go. We're going to always, 1989. And this is the movie I thought you probably wouldn't see. Never heard of it. John Goodman, um, Helen... Oh. Uh, Hunt? Helen Hunt. And no. Mirren? Helen Hunt. Helen Hunt. Is that her name? I forget her name. It's something Hunt. Holly Hunter. Holly Hunter. Holly Hunter. And Richard Dreyfus. I think this might be the best Richard Dreyfus performance I've ever seen. Oh. This is Richard Dreyfus on steroids. On LinkedIn. You and 
engage your customers. Interesting. <laughs> all right. I got hit with a, uh, got a fun ad with a nice little advertisement. Uh, always there. 1989. Steven Spielberg, obviously the director, but it's, uh, it's about a kind of a firefighter, uh, in the air, an aerial firefighter in the story of, and it, it actually, Richard Dreyfus dies in the beginning of this movie. Right. And he's trying Spoiler to alert right away. Spoiler alert. But he does. He dies right away in the movie. It's part of the movie. Hey, and guess he, what? You could you've it's been 1989. <laughs> yeah. You had had a while to see it. <laughs> yeah. It's been a, it's it's been a, a long joke. time. Nate. Okay. All right. But you guys probably never ever seen this one. No, I've not seen it. Time. No, it's uh, it's really compelling. I think it's actually it's his uh, romantic movie. Oh, but I is when I was going through this, it was actually the one of the first few movies on there where I was like. Okay, I feel something here. Before then, it was like, oh, this is visually great. It looks great. But like, I, I think you're gonna. I think we're gonna love West Side Story. I know. I'm, I'm oh, just. I think so too. I'm just. Uh, I'm wondering what anybody that just stumbles on this list, this guy likes always more than Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Jaws. Because I like stories about human beings. No, I, man. Yeah, you don't remember like that he's talking about. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm not saying that it's wrong. Yeah, it's all subjective. Spectacle. Yeah. I'm just like, I mean, not everybody's favorite movie is uh, Fast and the Furious like, Seven. You okay. like more intimate, down to earth stories. I just like stories about human beings. And his, and his, and you're a history nerd, so that's why Lincoln's gonna be number one. And as fun as fun as Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade <laughs> is, it doesn't have any layers to it. Right. All right. Here we go. Number eight. I love oh, Wow. War Horse. Four stars. I saw it as a kid. Well, I wasn't really a kid. It was. No, I know. saw that when I was. <laughs> I was an adult, but I remember watching it with my family and my grandfather. It's just my horse. Huh? I love it. <laughs> I think it is Spielberg. Uh, to he tells these great stories. Well, and that that tracking Over, shot where the horse yes. is like they pans out and you just see everything. It's like cool. It's yeah, beautifully chills. shot yeah. film. It is. Chills. It's perfectly shot. There's not a whole lot of anything there, but I just, for whatever reason, I think it's, it's a classic. Of, it's like that. It's classic, classic Spielberg. Spielberg. Yeah. Yes. Hey, yeah. Jinx. Classic Spielberg. Totally agree. You Number crab seven on the list. Here we go. We're going to start getting deeper here. Oh, oh the old <gasps> curveball. Bait switch. Lincoln falls. Number 2012 Lincoln. That was a great year for films. 2012 was huge. It was supposed to be. These films were supposed to be great films, right? Yeah. End of the world, I should say. And you could argue world. whether or not they were. Uh, this was like the... The year um, Avengers came out. The, the first Avengers. The ma- Yeah, 2012 was a great year for films. 2012, it was year before I graduated high school. Same. And you can probably remember a lot of the movies from that year yeah. just because of the time yeah. that you were in. Lincoln, I remember the... I saw What's Lincoln. your thoughts on Lincoln? Let's, let's break Lake Lincoln. Long. Daniel Day... Oh. Oh. Did you say long? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. It's like Amistad part two. Daniel Day-Lewis. Day it's fine, Lewis. though. It's, I liked it. Daniel Day-Lewis. I disagree. I thought that I also agree. I, I, what's his name? Um, James Spader was so funny. Yeah. There was one scene. I never thought I would laugh in Lincoln. There's one, the scene with the horses yeah. and shit with, with he, he, I laughed so hard. It was like my dad got a little embarrassed. We were in the theater and I laughed <laughs> so hard because it was, because other people chuckled, right? right. And they chortled. But I was like, this is the highest this, form of comedy. This is gut wrenching. I was like, and a lot of people, it was a, it was a huge movie. I remember huge because movie. I worked at the movie theater, my local movie theater. And the thing is, so this came out, I think in like November, we didn't play it until February, which which was like three months after it'd come out yep. and it was sold out every night. Yep. I remember that. It was an incredible, I think it was an incredible movie. It was an incredible accomplishment. I need to watch it again. I think, I think you'd appreciate it more being a little bit older. That's true. Um, I think it was I an think incredible a, accomplishment. We I talk think about a, my adolescence and broad comedies. This was not that, but it was like, oh, I got to see you weren't it. Right? As politically aware either yes. of his like presence as a, I now with that being said, it's very, I'm watch Lincoln. It's know? very Spielberg. <laughs> it's very long. It's very Spielberg where they don't get into the kind of the, negatives of what yeah. Lincoln was. Lincoln's just a hero. Just yeah, a that's hero. what a lot of people were upset about too. And that's the issue with Spielberg. 
But it's also like I'm taking this figure and that we know as a hero, and I'm going to tell the heroic story. And maybe he should. Maybe that's propaganda. You can argue what it is, but at I think the end it's of the okay. day, we lionize some of these men, right? And it's like we put them on this pedestal. I think it's okay to be. It's something we champion, like the idea of Lincoln, of yes. the man Abraham Lincoln. The idea of him is a beautiful thing to champion. It's like you got to understand the history and the reality too. Totally agree. Totally agree. All right, number oh, six. Oh, yeah, Daniel Day-Lewis. Oh, and we didn't even talk about Daniel Day-Lewis. Oh, he won his third Oscar yeah, for this. incredible. And the it, speech with the beating on the thing in the voice, it was incredible. So good, so yeah. good. Yeah. All right, number six, Ready Player One. Oh, wow. Yes. My favorite movie from 2018. I thought Spielberg came back on the map. I didn't think it was a great year for films that year. I have to look. Uh, you clearly didn't see eighth grade, but okay. Eighth I love grade. eighth grade with Bo Burnham. <gasps> yeah, that was 2018. Bucko. Well, that would have been number two on my we list. We both were best friends with so. Bo Burnham. We're, we're, yeah, we met him. You I want to see if I can. Oh, you guys, you guys. Yeah, no, we don't actually know him. I wish we knew him. I want to. I met him twice. I, I met him as well. Uh, I loved. Times. I loved eighth grade. It was number two on my I'm list. Pulling up 2018 now because I got to see what came. Ready Player One. Just diving into that movie though was I was like Spielberg made a movie. Dude, First Man. You didn't like First Man? First Man's good. Vice, American Animals, Black Panther. No, those movies aren't. Sorry to bother you. Sorry to bother you. Sorry to bother you. Marriage Story came out in 2018. Sorry to bother you is better than Ready Player One. Wait, Marriage Story came out in 2018? Yes, it did. That long ago? Yeah. Yeah, that movie's good too. Wow. Where's Ready my, Player One. What What do you like about Ready Player One, though? The nostalgia. The nostalgia. I'm wearing a blockbuster shirt. Yes. <laughs> I love nostalgia. Nostalgia. That kick, and in my opinion, that kicked Marriage Story's ass because of the nostalgia. He well, threw it. It's now, funny you say you don't like franchise, like Big Spectacle. This is probably like the no, most. I, yeah. You say that. I say I, I like it when it's done well. And this had just enough unique punches throughout it where I'm like, it's different. That's why I like Nolan. What too, about right? Marvel he, doesn't do it well for you? It's too. It's I, too I know flashy. I like, yeah. It's too. I love. And it's I, too intricate. They're too. I love Batman. They're too focused. Yeah. I like the darkness. I like the realism to it. I like the seriousness of it. I'll give you something ready. I liked the Batman. I liked DC comics better than I liked Marvel comics, but I th- yes. they thought Marvel was trash. I think that Marvel films were, were far better than anything DC can DC hope to do. DC has the better totally. arsenal of characters. I, I've never... That's what it is. That's true. But I will say this. Nobody I think, knew who the Guardians of the Galaxy were. Except dude. Superman no. is but I think ridiculous. Mar- but though, that's see, that's a whole different argument, though, because I think Marvel has just done a better marketing campaign with their movies. Because they've been, they, they laid the groundwork. They they well, they've laid, to, your, to, to the point of why you might like, why you should like them if you could get into them now, is they've layered them so beautifully. But I've seen enough of them. I mean, I've seen, I've seen Incredible Hulk. I've seen, I've seen Iron Man. They're fine. They're just, to me, they're just. got to go deeper. They're so not, it's not <sighs> those ones. Listen, I had to go back and watch those because seeing the new ones made me go, that made me go, oh, Okay, I want to know the history of this, and so I like saw the history. And I'm not a super. I was asked Nate what I was telling him in college about superhero movies. I was telling him, I'm so sick of this. When will this end? I get the nerds Never. haven't had their day. Blah 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 blah. And I'm like, I was a nerd too. I still am. Yeah. But I'm like, we got to just move on to something else, right? And then he's like, they're telling human stories, Matthew. Like Nate was always with me too, and, that that, was and the other I thing, came yeah. around to it eventually. I like that. I like the realism to how Nolan brought to Batman. I think that, in my opinion, that might be the perfect three. I mean, Dark Knight is the best superhero from of all time and there will never be and I just yeah. when but I, if you like the I real that so if much, you like that real shit like yeah. come over to WandaVision like even I though it's like see that's about, interesting because I am highly interested in WandaVision the reason why the Winter not, Soldier Captain not the show that oh, just that, happened that one's pretty but good, the Captain though. America and the Winter Soldier the one that the so one that, good the reason why that was so good is because it wasn't a superhero film it was it's an espionage, espionage film thriller. yeah but what, what Ready Player One does that I think they did a really cool job it's a nostalgia feel but like it's not just it's it's every time you think you know what that movie is then all of a sudden you're like in The Shining yeah and you're like, this is really cool play on how they did 
did that? Why is Steven Spielberg taking a, you know, a kind of a it's video al- game? It's, it's almost like he's winking at himself a little bit because like a lot of those things were inspired by his but pop did culture. You, you know but didn't you love that part? No, yeah, I like Ready. I'm not. Re- I'm not shitting on Ready Player One. I just. But thought, you tell me it's the best movie. Twenty. Eh, I might have some thoughts. I, it was my favorite. I think it's, <laughs> it's the most fun experience I had at the movies that year. Maybe oh. that's what I should. Here's the thing. I will yeah. say well, it's, it's like I, I yearn back to the days when we went and saw that in a theater, and I was yes. With, that, I was that was packed in a the theater. Oh, and like, it's like that how, energy. That energy. I get what you're yes. saying. So it's like how like. I understand that Little Women is the best movie ever made to me, but the year Par- like, Parasite was going to win. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and, Parasite and deserved it. It felt like that. a Back to the Future. It felt like a big, yeah. like, blockbuster feel for, you know, like the No, it was good. Yeah. I liked Ready Player One. I'm a big, I'm, I'm a fan. All right, top five. Let's Here get we go. into it. Here we go. Top Boom. five. Number I'm five. I think what we haven't seen yet. Well, Jurassic Park's going to be an interesting Of course. Yeah. Catch Me If You Can. Great pick. Now, I was torn on where to really put Catch Me If You Can. I'm a huge Tom Hanks fan, and Leonardo DiCaprio is my favorite. Right? So the question becomes, how can I go against those two? I love the story. I've watched it a billion times. The it's problem such is, a rewatchable I'm, film. It's like if it's on tape cable, like wherever it pops up, it's like, oh, I'm going to watch yes. the, the rest of this. And, yeah. but I, and because of that, I almost put it lower. And I'll give you a weird reason why. Because I was kind of like, maybe isn't that it, funny? How like you might like that more, but you're gonna make it like you'll watch that. You'll the watch that. Of it, the, the prestige, prestige of it. The prestige of it. You, you'll watch that yes. five more times rather than maybe Lincoln. And right? I said to myself, if I had to watch this, if I had to watch Catch Me If You Can one time over Ready Player One one time, I'm watching Catch Me If You this Can. This is part of it, man. This is what it is. Because like part of the problem with movies is that we don't reward something that might be replayable. Right. We reward what is like an Oscar movie must be this prestigious thing. Yes. And it's like, and Can how, you, many, how many times? Can you watch Midsummer? Yeah, exactly. Or how many times can you like watch? How how many times am I going to go back and watch yeah, any like, of these I, movies? I can say like, Midsummer is a better movie than Catch Me If You Can, but I'm going to watch right. Catch Me If You Can. How many times am I going to see why, Nomadland? Though? I'm not once. Right, that's it. But yeah. see, I could probably watch that a couple more times. That's fair, but I, I get what you're saying. Like, I, I love those journey type movies, the self discovery type movies. So, like, maybe I'm not the person. I always that think I, we also need to re- Oscars need to be like five years after their actual because, like, you, you go back and you look Forrest Gump winning Best Picture. Or Pulp Fiction just kind of like I think about that or ordinary people be I would good still fellas. Do that. I would still. But do that. so some, interesting that you are actually advocating. But somebody for, exp- somebody explained this to me. Our film film professor uh, Mark. Mark oh DiPietro. yeah. The way he explained it was well, if you could go back and change it, it's like I think Pulp Fiction. He's like, no, it wouldn't because it was the time. It right. Was the movie that came out that it's like at Forrest that Gump. Time, at that to live time, with that choice. Forrest right. Gump was Forrest I Gump love that. Live was, with that choice. was at the pinnacle, and that's what won. We've made some terrible movies. I've always Green Book. Worse, yeah. I've Worst. always, I've always kind of made this comparison. I've always talked about um, Crash. Um, oh boy, don't do that to me. I like Crash. Oh no. Um, I, I like what Crash wants to be. I get it. Again, I, I get what it's like the Lincoln the, thing. I get what you're trying. Well, then that was the year that they. That was that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 okay. Wow. Because I, I, I could go on Crash for a while. Um, <laughs> I, I make the comparison to like uh, Caddyshack versus The Hangover. Okay. Right. The hangover, so when I was working at our local family video at that time, um, I was, people would come in and say, give me, give me a funny movie, give me a funny movie. And I would always ask, do you want gut-wrenching comedy that's going to make you laugh out loud one time, and then it kind of loses its luster over time? Or do you want a movie that you might miss it the first time, but then the second time you watch it, and the third time you watch it, it actually gets better? I think we both can agree that when you watch Caddyshack, that movie carries its own, holds its own, and it gets better over time because you yeah. pick up on the reference. For me, that was more. Step Brothers. I watched yep. it the first time. I was like, this is the but dumbest thing. But the hangover thing. is that one-time punch. It's hilarious the first time you see it. What's a, what's a more funny movie? 
is the hangover funnier than Caddyshack or is Caddyshack more? Because I would argue that the hangover, if you just took them at their face value, the first time you watch them, hangover kicks its ass in my opinion, because it was hilarious, but it's more urgent. I cannot sit down and watch the hangover anymore because it's also lost, you know, the physical comedy. It doesn't, you know what I'm saying? So, and maybe, maybe put in your own, whatever two you think are can fill, fill those gaps or fill that criteria. But that was kind of my point is that, should a movie, if it's rewatchable, be considered a better movie? Yeah. Midsummer, you can only watch once because it is so emotionally exhausting. I mean, I, a can, I, can, I can watch it every night. This is a conversation really we've had it. a lot about like. Midsummer. But you're breaking it down as from a film critic. Yeah. You're like, why did he choose those choices? Why did he do this? You I know couldn't. I, mean? I couldn't handle it. Right. Some people are like, I can't. De- I can't sit through. No, this. I couldn't do that. Jeepers Creepers was it two when they put <laughs> the girl on fire? Oh, and they're like getting ready to like rape the, the second one was the, the father on fire and they're getting ready to rape. The second one was the, the daughter. The, the high some people, some bus. of their favorite spooky movie is 13 ghosts and I can't do it because there's parts of it where you're like, I just, I can't, no. I can't sit through that again. No, well, you also don't like scary movies, yeah. Matthew. Catch me if you can. Great movie. Tom Hanks, Leonardo DiCaprio. It's just a great dream team. Dream, dream team. team. And, and, and perform. Leo was still like apex right there. Titanic, the beach, that whole time period, right? Just, Oh, I from think, 96 to, or 90. What is it? Is he peaking here? Is he peaking 2002? Four. I, uh, think. I will not. I, aviators right after he's working with Scorsese. That's probably I would, it. I would say, that's it. I would say to the mainstream, he was not, he's never more popular than he was at that time. 2006, Blood Diamond and Departed. That's when he started to go down, I think. He got more character Yeah, he started choosing being more specific. He project. got more interesting to me. No, yeah, I, well, because no. he went more character. But he I'm went from mainstream. So Apex, shit, he went from leading man to character. So yeah. Apex is like, I, we have this conversation. Apex is right there at the top. Like, the, yep. this, is, this is as big as they're going to get. Yes, I get that. And that yep. was well, as then big you, as he was going to get. Then you got to argue that the Titanic, he wasn't going to get better, bigger than that. Wolf of well, Wall but, but Street brought him back. Yeah, no, Big. it's oh huge, but it's Big. not the, but it's not bigger than Titanic. No, if people, if you're going to ask, what do you know, Wolf of no. Wall Street or Titanic? They're going to say Titanic. Depends on know. the generation. That's true. Maybe, but I still think Titanic is one of those movies. I mean, I, like, I'll say it's a Titanic spectacle, is a story though. It's about a spectacle. I'll say what. I don't, even, I don't even think Wolf of Wall Street was brought him back. I'll tell you what brought him back. It was the Great Gatsby that brought oh, him back. Shit, you're right. That was a you're right. That, that brought him a, back. To, that reintroduced him to the younger generation, and then he that's where he came back. And then Wolf of Wall Street. That was followed probably, after. I never thought he went away. I really don't think. No, he no, went no. Away. But I'm saying like he was he was doing Mainstream, J. Edgar. He huge. did Revolutionary Road and Blood Diamond. We know Blood Diamond. Not a lot of other people do. And he was doing like smaller, smaller budget films. And then yeah, Great Gatsby was like I can open a movie to fifty million dollars. But like there have been but breaks. They, but do you know what the difference was about why Gatsby? Did so well, and we go back to soundtrack. It's they updated. Jay Z, yeah, Jay-Z. they updated like, it. Lana Del Rey was in it. Yes, you're thinking, yeah. oh wow, this is a old the, school show with a new school feel. Baz Luhrmann went hard. Yeah, it, say what you will about Boz again, another director who will like. Greg Gatsby holds up. I actually, thought, of, yeah. I actually thought it, it watch it like the first time I you see it, it's like it Boz gives puts you, his mark on things, right? I yeah, mean, whether yeah. like for better or worse. Yeah. yeah, but it was Greg Gatsby. I think is where he came back, but he he's peaking here. All yeah. right, number five. Catch me if you can. We're gonna go to number four. Now we're getting into our pinnacle here, right? We're getting into the top four. So here we go. Number four. The time old tale, the traditional <laughs> hook. hook. Wow. I see it. Tell me, you talk about rewatchable films. Uh-huh. Is there, a, in a list of a top 100 rewatchable films of your childhood? I've never seen Hook. What? I gotta say it here. I gotta, I gotta get it out. Have you seen Hook? No. What am I doing? I've seen bits and pieces. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. Oh, here's the thing is that I had it around. Gentlemen, there's 7 billion people in the world and I'm sitting in the room with the only two people that have not seen Hook. Alec, my girlfriend's been trying to get me to watch it too. She's here's a big something. fan. But my thing is it's that, you know, as Can I, I got older, 
uh, people like have said it's bad. Like it's people, not, it's, no, but I'm saying like that's what I hear. Like you, oh, you don't your need, opinion's been colored by you, outside they're like, forces. They're like you don't need to see Hook, and it's like okay, and then I just always would put it off because here's. But I feel like I know I got to see it because it's Spielberg, it's and it's like I got to get but it. It's, yeah, it's and it's Hook, Robin Williams. It's Hook. Hook is a child movie. It's we just like go home and go back to my place movie. and watch Hook watch after Hook? this. Yeah. Allie would love it. You gotta watch it before or after Lincoln. We're gonna, we're, gonna do, we're gonna be up until 5 a.m. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Hook 1991. I guess I can't even break it down. All we I'll should say do is Spiel- this. we should do what we did for the Oscars. Spielberg, get I think, everybody over. I Corey would should. love that. I think Corey you would love that. I think you should. Am I wrong? No. Hook is fun. Hook is short. Hook is great. <laughs> I'm glad we both got that off our chat. Man, I, I can't even talk about it now. So we're gonna go to number three. Well, I was waiting for you. I was waiting if you were gonna say. I was like, <laughs> number three on the list. Spielberg's top 33 best top movies. Three, Let's see. Schindler's List. Of course. Have that's you seen five? this? That's not a fiver? That's a four star? Or are you four out of four? I'm I, This is out of five. This is Letterboxd. That's thing. a four out of five, bruh. It's a little Give long. it at least that nudge, Ooh. that four and a half. That a scene where Ralph, where Ralph Phineas um, is like, he's trying to cock Phenomenal. the gun. And I'm just like, oh my God. Like, Let me ask you this question. Though. I wish I was kind of, Are yeah. you interested in the choice? Like, all right, you're watching that. You're a casual fan. Do you get through it? Yeah, I think you do. I think you got to get through it. Schindler's you, List. You got to tell yeah. yourself. It's like a pep talk. It's three hours long. About the, I actually only saw it for the first time a few years ago. It was on Netflix, and I had to give myself that pep talk. It's like, Nate, you got to get through this. You got to do you it. You shouldn't have to do that, though. Well, you do. It's, I mean, I, I, I get it. I mean, he's number three on my list here, and I feel like I'm talking because, bad because about it now. It's heavy. You know, it's heavy. It's heavy. But this Titanic, is part of the problem with the Oscar movies, right? Like, it's like, that's what I'm saying is like, it's hard to weather the emotional, like, cost of some of these movies yes. where you're like, okay, I'm fucked up over, the, over this movie. I'm only, it's the only thing I'm talking about for the next few days with people because I'm right. like, who wants to have the conversation about Schindler's List? I need to like, share. Exactly. Well, and but then, imagine Titanic without the love story. Just the the tragedy of that. It is very different. That's where Cameron deserves some credit because he's like, I've got to also make this pill swallowable by the people that are going to watch it. Schindler's List couldn't. You can't be light. And Spielberg know that he like. No, I understand. Yeah, like Like you can't inject a love story into that. You got to keep it real. But you could have. Yes, I, I totally agree. I totally agree, I, and I think he learned. But I know what you're saying. Here I know what you're saying though. from his earlier failure with uh, the color purple. Yeah, can we just talk about how he just made that in Jurassic Park in the same year? Yes. Like, that's that, is that an apex? That's Spielberg apex because you're saw, not that big. Like, right. two, I, I saw Jurassic Park for the first time all the way through recently. So I I can I can attest that like Jurassic Park is clearly going to be number one or two and rightfully so because it's I I didn't think so Nate said it right I don't like gore I don't like other things so even if I think it has gore in it sometimes I won't I'll avoid it you already had Minority Report right yeah I was number twelve okay I was like I'm trying to I'm trying to predict so let's just let's have the Jurassic Park conversation ladies and gentlemen number two on the list is Jurassic Park. Yeah. And I gave it four and a half stars, and there's a reason for that. I've seen it a thousand oh, times, right? Um, but I'm going through it. Let's, yeah, yeah. Uh, going through Jurassic Park here, four and a half stars. I think there was some, there was like some um, kind tough of critic. errors. Tough there. critic, you are. Am I? You think I am kind of a tough critic. I'm kind of a prude. In, in 10 years, from 2010 to 2020, I only had, I think I said, I think there was 10 perfect fives. I mean, I only gave the last five I gave was Parasite, so I'm with you. It's yeah. tough because the five is like we're talking. If we're gonna say a movie's perfect, it's gotta be. A I, ma- I should, like, I should. masterpiece. If you throw it around, it's not. It yeah, loses right. some luster. I shouldn't be. Boyhood. Able to find say anything. with me, Boyhood is a masterpiece. Garbage. <laughs> 
I was trying to check him. Tell me about Jurassic Park. Where were you when you first saw it? What your thoughts are? Why do you think it's... Uh, I actually or, have a really good... Deserving uh, of being number two on this really list. Really good childhood memory. And it's actually not for Jurassic Park 1. It's for Jurassic Park 3. But it ties into the lore, right? Remember in... Uh, it was 2000... The summer of 2001, pre-9-11. My God. <laughs> he has to bring that through line to everything. And... Everything. Or maybe it was 2000. I don't remember. It was 2000. Remember we had that power outage? There was a power outage on the whole... Yep, there was a huge... It was in the summer. Yeah. yeah some, right. We were just off the grid. And I remember... So we had a generator at my farm. And we were only using it for, like necessities and like you know showering or like the refrigerator you know back then we got vhs tapes in the mail yes my dad did columbia house yeah and um (laughs) this was back when and we got jurassic park 3 on vhs it came in the mail which is what a big event for you that day the movie came and i was imagine and i was the event and i was and i was five imagine a five-year-old Running to loves, the mailbox. Who loves dinosaurs. Oh. And just like, you you open it up and it's like Jurassic Park. Were you a lamb before time, Three. baby? <laughs> oh, who was Were it? you a lamb before time, yeah, kid? Yeah, One yeah. Two are of great. course. And... So I brought it in, and I just remember I was just devastated because we couldn't watch. Because I was like, we can't watch it because it's like we're not turning the TV on. And my dad actually was like, no, 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 we're gonna hook up the TV for the like we use the generator. The things we, you would do. We did. We made yeah. a, we made arrangements. To, and it was on VHS. Think because about that. Your, your dad knew the mental space of your. And it's like we're, we're and like health. oh, of course, our siblings. And it's like we're all like just you know this. Sucks the trouble you would yeah. go to. Yeah, you're right. When you talk about the event, the but trouble yeah. I would go to to watch things yes. like before pre-streaming. But it gets better. The story gets better. We're making popcorn. Like my mom's making popcorn, and the power came back on. Oh, it did. The power came back on. It's like, yeah, See, it's almost kind of sad that the power came back on. Right, though. but it was like it was a sign. It was a sign. It's like yeah. you like, needed to watch this. Yes. And I was like, so even if we hadn't made the arrangements, yeah. I was going to get to see it. But it was just like that that connection that I had. It's making me cry a little bit just because it was so emotional. Aww. Yeah. Well, it's just like you remember it. And like we were getting, we were like gathering around. And it was just like the things, right. Nowadays, it's just like that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Um, but as far as like, that's my Jurassic Park story. But the first Jurassic Park, it's, it's a touchstone. It's, I it's, saw it it's recently. A, so. Yes. What did you think? Literally. So you saw it for the first time. First as time all the way through. I saw pieces of it. I would watch it through my, this is a funny thing. I was a little baby. I was also the youngest sibling. So I liked dinosaurs, but I like nice dinosaurs. Okay. I lived before time. I didn't <laughs> Like scary dinosaurs. Remember Dinosaur, that Disney movie? Oh my goodness. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was kind of like that first five minute sequence with the That was kind of I hit a lot from any movies. And you know, and Nate knows he said it before, I don't like even now scary movies. Gory movies is what yeah, it is. I, I'm with you. I'm not. Violence fan, and gore I can't but, handle. But like. Um, except the ending of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Except the ending of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Because yeah, it's comedic. If it's yeah. comedic at that point, Quint, a lot of what Tarantino does is comedic. In, yeah. yeah, but no, when I saw it this time, I was like just enthralled because it was like, again, talk about a score. Talk yep. about like Spielberg doesn't miss with like Williams and like, I mean... And Laura Dern, come on. I mean, everyone in this movie, again, like knew what they were doing and yep. they knew what they had. Co- and that moment, it's talked about a lot, but the moment of Laura Dern acting off of nothing, displaying that level of wonder, there's your Oscar moment. Yeah. And like, they're all coming back for the, the next one. So um, they are. Yeah. The, what are you, what are you next, talking about? Like Jeff Goldblum, Laura Dern, Samuel, they're all coming back. BD Wong, too, right? I don't understand. There's, there's another, another Jurassic, installment of Jurassic Park. Jurassic World Dominion. Does it have. <gasps> uh, 
Pratt or uh, Pratt in it? Yep, it's the combining the two worlds. Oh, oh they're bringing what's his did name? Not. They're bringing yeah, all of them. Yeah, yeah, all of them. Sam Neill. Yeah, Everyone. they're all Sam coming Neal's back. back. They're all coming back because he hasn't been in it since the second one, third one. Oh my god, third, third one. He wasn't in the second wow. one. He was in the second one's trash. Um, that's why it's so low down there. Anyways, if you making Jeff. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. I will say the last hero. Jurassic World was really bad. Fallen Kingdom. I, I, it wasn't very. very it wasn't bad. as. Good. You know why it was bad? It was because when I was growing up watching Jurassic Park, those dinosaurs were scary. Yes, and it was like I was terrified. Yeah, and Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom was like, why don't you feel sorry for them? It's going, like, they always no, do. It's though. like they tear their scary. Going into it now. Going yeah. into it now, I was scared to go to the first Jurassic Park. I was like, even and when I watched yeah. it, I was yeah. thrilled and upset because it was like I wasn't as bad as when I was a kid. But now I'm just like, oh, I get why I was terrified of this. Same with Jaws. It's the Jaws effect. But, but, but the, Jurassic kind of Park point, Kingdom, though, like lost the meaning of what Jurassic yes, Park was about. But Jurassic World was great. Jurassic World was fine. Because it gets back to good. the original thing of whether or not we as humans should be playing God. Right? It, right. It's the whole dilemma. It's like, well, why do we make the Indominus Rex? I mean, that line gonna get still out? stays, right? It's staying power will never and be like, you never ask whether you should. It's never, like such yes. an applicable thing to everything in life. And the capitalist message too, it's like, uh, what is, what do we do? Oh, dinosaurs exist in What are we going to do? Oh, we're going to make an amusement park. Yeah. Which is also, such yep. what the United but States, so, would, so what, what you were get. just getting at, it's that could be asked in so many things, everything. right? We never stop to ask whether we should. Yeah. And that's what they, I think they say that in one of the movies. They do. That's first what he's one. Talking that's about. The first most, one. Oh, that's the most iconic yeah. line in the world. It's yeah. Jeff Goldblum. I don't remember. What, I think that was scripted, but I know that like but the way Jeff Goldblum did the it. The way he delivers it, but you just never stop to ask whether you should. Yeah. yeah. Doctor, you see, the problem is, you know, he's just like, he starts <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. So yeah. good. So good. So well, just not as an action well, hero, though. I know what number one is. So Jurassic oh Park, 1993, uh, perfect, almost perfect movie, four and a half stars out of five. And then obviously we get to number one and I... Before we give the name, I'm going to say that the opening sequence of this film, first 30, 40 minutes, oh, yeah. I'll think as far as a filmmaker goes, is the most unmatched thing that maybe I've seen for I that longevity of time. And then it lost Best Picture to Shakespeare in Love. Oh, I hope I've seen this. It's a very Oscar thing, right? Ladies and gentlemen, number one best film I've ever seen from Steven Spielberg is the... 1998 event oh as God. Saving you Private it, you? Ryan. Oh, my God. It is the only movie that I gave of Steven Spielberg that was five stars. Uh, Matthew has not seen it, unfortunately. Bits and pieces. Well, Again, this is the, this is the f- fucking wild thing about Steven, Son- or Steven Sondheim. Steven Spielberg? <laughs> There's where, there, I just showed my ass. Like, I love musical theater. No, but, um, <laughs> like, this is the wild thing about, like, Spielberg is that I've seen bits and pieces of almost probably like 90% of any of the like big iconic it's movies. It's on AMC every other Everywhere. Yes, it's yes, ubiquitous, it but it's like, but for whatever reason, it's he Netflix. just never drew me in in a way. Because all these movies when I was a kid, when they kept, kept playing. But that's the point. So like when you guys were saying, I can't believe you have E.T. at number 15. I can't believe you had this at 23. No, yeah, we're just giving you a hard time. No, I, understand. I, I respect your rankings. But when you look at this, it's like Spielberg, I, I, I still think Spielberg's underappreciated. Yeah. Because he makes polished films. He's not making the gritty in your face things as much as he, but he's making cinema stories and he's a part of that original, what, what do they call him? The Brat Pack from the four, you know? Yeah. And you Him, can make Martin an argue. Scorsese, Francis Ford Coppola. You can guys. argue. Kubrick. You could argue he's the best of the four because you, you could argue as far as like a pure cinema 
like storytellers. He makes big crowd pleasing films that appeal to mass audiences. Mass audiences. He can make he can make a movie about Abraham Lincoln sell out. Yes. three months after. I like his. Do you think Scorsese? Yes, Scorsese. What's Kubrick doing with Lincoln? I like his. That's a mind fuck of a story. And it's not. And it's not. And it's not a commercial. I was just literally about to say I like his shtick better than Scorsese. Honestly, that I. You probably even with not having seen, I probably see more Scorsese films, but like I would probably, I think I'd like this diversity better. Of, do a, of do titles. a deep, do a deep dive into. Well, into he, Steve you're right. he, tell me what you think. I know you're saying because you got the big spectacle crowd pleasers, and then you got the more intimate dramas. That's like okay, well, I, I like this, I appreciate this. What a top five, though. Yeah, I mean, look at that: Saving Private Ryan, Jurassic Park, Schindler's List, Hook and those and three. Those three are so good. Like the top three are so. so if you were to take off, I mean, these are my I'm specific. The these are my specific ones. But if you were to add on, like if you got Saving Private Ryan, Jurassic Park, Schindler's I think, List, I think I would get War of the Worlds in my top five, just because of the 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 terror of that film and like the the urgency and like you got a big star, Tom, Tom Cruise. I totally understand that. But my question is going to be this to you, just going back to when I said that Kubrick or when I said that Spielberg is the best of the four, or I think he's underappreciated. If you were to actually put his most top 10, what people think to be his top 10, like, you know, if you threw in Indiana Jones and you threw in Jaws e. and you threw in E.T., can you name Kubrick or Scorsese? Maybe Scorsese. That's got a better 10 film punch. I think, I think Scorsese's track record is a little bit more polished because, because I know you liked always and you were talking about it, but like that, not a well-remembered film. No, I, that, like I said, that's to my but personal you, but preference. So, but Scorsese, but, you have, uh, you have Taxi Driver, but if you, you take his Raging Bull, and then you have Goodfellas and then you have The Last Temptation of Christ, The Age of Innocence. I mean, that's a pretty crazy run of films for Scorsese too. I totally agree. Totally agree. And I think that's why Scorsese is my next, uh. I, even though I've seen probably eighty percent of them, I still like to see them in order. Well, we because just I like to see how he. Cape Fear was a film that I hosted. Even that, he he manages <laughs> to up. He managed. He did a remake of a of a beloved film, and he manages to make it better because he focuses more on the characters that are. He, he, he dives does. into the backstories as opposed to. I like Cape Fear. I didn't love Cape Fear. I like nope. it, but I don't love it. Nope. Well, I mean, the controversy around it probably. I mean, what you told me about it afterwards ruined it more. Oh, the, the, the facts. But it also, like, oh, it makes yeah. me uncomfortable in general. Just made me so uncomfortable. Which, I mean, I guess maybe is good. But, like, it, throughout but it, Cape like... Cape Fear was the first... I also didn't like was, De Niro's accent. Cape Fear... <laughs> listen to this. Cape Fear, that remake, was... Scorsese trying to do Spielberg because that was a commercial film with a big cast and he was trying to like make a thriller that was going to appeal to a lot of people. You know why I think he can't do it? Why he can't ultimately Wolf of Wall Street maybe is the one, right? I think What's, that's his most but even commercial that, success. Yeah. Right? yeah. Uh, but even Wolf of Wall Street, like I, it's not as commercially appealing. Like your grandparents are going to, they'll watch, yeah. they want to watch something. Oh, why I think he can't that. do You know yeah. why I think he can't do it is because he want he's an actor's director yes. more than anything. Not yes. to say that Spielberg, Where Spielberg is not that Spielberg, about the story. Well, Spielberg yeah. was like, supposed to direct. Spielberg was supposed to direct Cape Fear, and then he actually went and said it went into his list because he thought Cape oh, Fear was story like story is more important. Yeah, than yeah. Well, and, Scorsese, and I think that's what it. Well, no, Scorsese was going to make Schindler's List. But Scorsese didn't want to do it because he just faced a bunch of backlash because he made The Last Temptation of Christ. And he's like, well, I don't want to go through that again. No, so let me make a movie not. about a murderous rapist. The problem it's, is, though, is that if, if Scorsese does, going back to what your point was, if Scorsese does Schindler's List, we're talking about how great Liam Neeson's performance is in that movie. Yeah. And maybe he becomes more relevant 20 years earlier. But I think instead of how great the story is. Yeah. I so think... I think yeah, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think every, obviously, there's a place in this world for all of them. Yeah. Right? But it's just, do you put more on story versus 
versus character. And I think that's why I like Scorsese more. Maybe I would. I'm just saying I still think Spielberg's underappreciated. I like Spielberg. I I like his spectacle. And and I'm excited for West Side Story because he's a musical. To our discussion earlier, though, like here's another uh, uh, accurate representation of using, uh, not using, what's the right word? Uh, Hiring somebody for the job that is more right for the job. Scorsese's not Jewish. Spielberg is right. You put him on a story that is so personal to him. Yes. Like, and it makes a difference. It I does. Yeah. And, uh, I get, I get your point there. Definitely. Definitely. You know, yeah, he might've been just the yeah. perfect person. Yeah. Him, so, well, I'll tell you what guys, uh, two hours flies. That really does. Um, that last hour, you guys didn't realize that we just went an hour eight just in that Spotify moment. Oh my goodness. Nice. So, uh, I really, I really appreciate you guys being here. We'll have to do it again someday. Have we'll sit down. Down. Maybe we'll, we'll do it uh, again next year. This time after the Oscars, we'll sit down. We'll kind of deep dive into everything. What's going on in film. What's going on in theater. Hopefully we can, uh, well, there's a lot going on in theater Yeah. and the Heights is coming out. You yeah. got, um, which that looks great by the way. Oh Yeah. It's incredible because it's, you know, it's got Linsky. When you can do musicals, that's a problem. A lot of these musicals get done 40 years later or they get done, you know, not by the directors then and yeah. stuff. So it's like, the, it's the guy who wrote it and produced it and made it. He's also, you he's know, got a lot yeah. of, he's got a lot of creative control over it. Yeah. And he's got a lot of uh, momentum right now. Exactly. People that, that are in that We world. want to talk about Apex. Len Manuel Rand is at the top. I mean, Won't it's stop. like Hamilton is like the thing that will just never stop. No. I've got and, my and, Vivo and, and Canto. All and, the, and then five, 50 years from now, Hamilton will still be the his big Disney moment is huge right now. Oh, I bet. I bet. All right. All right, guys. I appreciate it. Nate Adams, Matthew Porter, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Bobby's Hoax.